Today on Gamerhead Radio, Goat Eats a Dragon's Egg. It's super effective. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Hello and welcome to another damn episode of Gamerhead Radio. Why you gotta be so negative? No, no, it's good. It's like uh, another damn episode with fire and shit. All right, of of gamerhead Charlie, radio. Charlie, if it makes you feel better, I was thinking more reservoir. Like we've stopped you this week to listen to us. Oh, oh, a uh, a damn episode. Yes, yeah, yes, that's right. Got it. That's right. <laughs> Fucking worst dad joke you've ever told on this show. And I'm saying ever is in like before I was on the show in episodes I haven't heard whatever jokes you made this is still the fucking worst one. All right, let's keep the show flowing, John. Uh, I'm Jonathan Santiago, aka Fallon Flynn. Morbius the villains, come on! I'm Dad for a Day Goat. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear Lord! I am Charlie Technotronicorn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. Uh, welcome, gentlemen, to another episode of our own show. And we have quite the reservoir of stories for you today. Yes, we do. God damn it. What I, the fuck? I Seriously? Ho- you I hope, slide? I hope that this is not a channel that we will continue down. <laughs> You've got to be fucking the entire me. Episode. <laughs> oh, my God. Did my God. flowing comment go, go, just completely no, go no, unnoticed before? No, okay. no, it's good. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was zero reaction. I wasn't sure. Um, listeners, I feel like I'm outwatered here. <laughs> I would, out, I would, are you out of your depth? Yes. I, oh my god! <laughs> Someone's on a dad joke. You know what? <laughs> this this insane thing has happened to transcend transcend space and time, where I can actually hear listeners unsubscribing from our show, and we haven't even finished recording it yet. It's fucked up. Um, how was your week, guys? <laughs> it was it was very good. A very productive week on my end. Yeah. Go. Yeah. Yeah. I got shit done. <laughs> <laughs> it's a rarity. Bye. Okay, okay, so okay, okay, okay. Let me be more specific. I got the shit I actually meant to get done done this week. Good. So making a list, and that's all I get done is we'll making call a that list. A victory. Um, I also had a productive week. It was uh, most of it is shit that's just not interesting enough to talk about on the show. Productive, yes. Exciting, no. Um, so, so I'm gonna go ahead and move on, Charlie. Yeah. What came out? Shock and surprise. Man? I worked on BonyCon stuff. Oh but my I got, god! But I got a lot of it done. Um, you know, people who were listening to the show last week, once again, thank you to the amazing Jen Blake for joining us. Uh, oh, that the, was so much fun. Yep. The the announcement is officially out now, and so that actually went up today, as of the day where we are recording on Sunday, and uh, people are very, very, very happy. I have several staff members who are actually uh, had had missed just the conversation in various channels that it was coming, and are are, are literally losing their minds, and uh, in a good way. So yeah, I'm good. stoked to just meet her in person. Yeah, no, it was great, man. I had a lot of, a lot of fun last week. Um, but uh, releases. So first of all, um, uh, coming out this week in video games. Thank you, Kotaku, for um, I, I don't I don't know the relevance yet, but um, Kotaku's uh, summary of this weekend games is Twilight Sparkle. So thank you, I appreciate that. Ah. Uh, so coming out in uh, games uh, this week on Tuesday, March first, uh, Mortal Kombat XL is getting a release on the PS4 and Xbox One, which I assume is Mortal Kombat with all the DLC. Uh, the Witch and the Hundred Knight Revival Edition on the PS4. Uh, Heavy Rain is getting a re-release on the PS4. Makes me very happy. If you guys haven't played that game, anybody out there with a PS4, go buy it and play it. It's good. Um, I own it on PS3. I started it on PS3, and I got distracted and never went back for Charlie. absolutely no good reason. You should go back and finish that. It's really it's a, it's a page turner. Well, I mean, like de- depending on reviews, I mean, like if it's like remastered, I will replay it on the PS4. Otherwise, right on. yeah, at some point I'll just I'll get myself back to playing on PS3. <clears throat> uh, Return to Popo uh, Popolo Croy. 
uh, A Story of Seasons Fairy Tale on the 3DS. X-Blaze Code Embryo on the PC. Far, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Far Cry Primal is getting its PC release. Um, Alkaheen's Gun on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Broforce on the PS4. Croiler Sigma on the Vita, which is a cross-buy with the PS4. Gunscape on the PS4. Ironcast on the PS4. McDroid on the PS4. Screen Cheat on the PS4. That's a, I think I've heard about that game. Screen that's, Cheat? Yeah, that's where you actually like are supposed to like look at like like in the you know, in the in the split screen multiplayer, you know, people are like not yeah. supposed to like look at each other's screens. It yeah. like makes you look at each other's screens for various reasons. Weird. Yeah. And Square Heroes also on the PS4. Screen cheat. Uh, the reason you have to look at the other player's screen is because you don't know where you're at. So what do you see on your own screen? Hmm? Like you, you, like there's no, there's no map. Like you have to, you have to look out where they're at because hmm. there's no map to find them. You have to screen cheat to figure out where they're at. Interesting. Yeah. Wednesday, March second, Blast Blue Chrono Phantasma extended on the PC. And Gunscape is getting its Xbox One release. Thursday, March fourth, Black Desert Online on the PC. And Friday, March 4th, The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess HD is getting its re-release on the Wii U, complete with that spiffy little amiibo. Wonderful. Uh, which actually I have in pre-order, because I actually never played Twilight Princess, and so uh, yeah, I'm looking forward oh, to it. Well, you're in for a humdinger of a time. Uh, can't tell if kidding. No, no, no. It's okay. one of the better ones. <laughs> I actually prefer that one over uh, Skyward Sword. Oh, okay, nice. Um, and yeah, so then looking ahead a little bit on Tuesday, March 8th, uh, Tom Clancy's The Division, it's getting its PS4, Xbox One, and PC release. Colat is coming out on the PS4. That's K-H-O-L-A-T. I don't know what that is. Uh, Friday, March 11th, Hitman, uh, that new re-envisioned episodic version of Hitman is coming out on the mm. PS4, the Xbox One, and the PC. And Alka Haines Gun is getting its PC release. And seeing how this is also the first episode of the month, uh, we also can tell you about your free Xbox One and PS4, uh, PlayStation um, uh, Plus games. So on the, on the Xbox Live uh, Games with Gold side, from March 1st to March 31st, you're getting Crimes and Punishments, Sherlock Holmes. Um, that, uh, that little title is going to be free from March 1st through March 31st. That was a really, really well-reviewed game, actually, believe really? it or not. Yeah. And uh, I started it on the PC, and it's... Um, it's not an action game, but I recommend it from what I played. I only got about two hours in with it, but yeah, it's a pretty cool little game. Okay, cool. I'll, uh, I will check it out. And Lords of the Fallen. Um, well, that's the one with the dude on it. <laughs> the one the one with he the dude. He looks like he fell a... off like a Viking ship. He's yeah, just, he he's just yeah, an yeah. angry, bald, goateed like man like he's yes. just like yes like he, this guy's had a bad day is what you can tell by looking at this picture yes. it may have been a glorious day but it was a bad day um at least long yes <laughs> is uh, gonna be free from march 16th through april 15th if you are a uh, games with gold subscriber and those are the xbox one games on the 360 sides uh supreme commander 2 is going to be your free game from march 5th through march 15th and Borderlands, the original, is going to be free from March 16th through the 31st. And, of course, if you are an Xbox One, thanks to backwards compatibility, those are both also playable on the Xbox One. Right on. So, those are your Games with Gold free titles. On the PlayStation Plus side of things, um, your lineup for March is going to be Broforce, which uh, actually pretty much, the, the, a lot of these games are recognized from um, what I was just reading in the releases. Broforce on the PS4, uh, Flame Over on the Vita, Galaxy, that's G-A-L-A-K hyphen Z on the PS4. The Last Guy uh, is on the PS3. Reality Fighters on the Vita. And Super Stardust HD on the PS3, which I feel like was a free title once before. I mean, that game is... That was almost a launch title, wasn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Um, pretty close to it. Yeah, so uh, so yeah. Between these two lists, I will say, um, I believe... I think this is Microsoft's month. Yeah, yeah. I'm they glad. swap back and forth. Everybody knows that? They do seem to, yeah. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, so um, John, are you looking forward to anything on the, either of these lists or in the releases? Um, you know, there's not there's not much coming out that a lot of it's re-release stuff, except for the division. I didn't get a chance to play the beta, so I don't really have a commentary on it. I have heard though that it is fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so good. I don't know. I, I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that turns out. So, um, but but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of it for me on that list. Um, I'm I. You know, I like a good RTS, and so I'm looking forward to checking out Supreme Commander 2. Uh, I remember that the first one was, was reviewed very well when it came out. It was kind of a... kind of. I feel like it was kind of a surprise hit. That's how I remember it anyways. And um, I always wanted to check out the second one just because I like RTSs, but I just never got the chance to get into it. Hmm. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't interested in that Sherlock Holmes game until you, you just recommended it. So It's decent. It's slow-paced, but it's it's nice. a Sherlock Holmes game. Sure. You know? I mean, it's not supposed to be guns blazing, you know? Sure. And then that's fine. Hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so those are our releases and free games for March, uh, for this week, and then for March 2016. Yay, game. Goat, are you looking forward does, to anything on that list? doesn't care about me. Charlie does not <laughs> care about my opinions. <laughs> I thought you said. No. I John. honestly... I thought you said before, John. I thought you said that you were that you would. I don't, I don't know what I'm thinking. I don't. Goat, I love you. <laughs> We've lost him. He's gone. So no, I'm I'm super excited. Actually, I was going to pick up that Sherlock Holmes game last week, and then I was like, eh, oh. I'll pick up something else. And then huh? I was, I, thank you, hand of perfect. Fate. Yeah, I was like, well, I'll just take that for free now. Thank you. Xbox. Works out really and well. We might have to do some Borderlands because now all three of us have a copy. And that game is much more fun with more players. Uh, for, for me, it's only playable with yes, like a full party. Right like, I tried to play it by myself. And it's it boring just, as it was, shit. It, it was miserable. Mind-numbing. Yes, I will play it with you guys. Yeah, yeah. but it is. There is absolutely no reason we can't play it. It's all free. Yep, yep. true. Yep, <laughs> and yep, backwards compatible. Woot woot. Exactly. Uh, gentlemen, what did you play this week? Well. In uh, in sort of pseudo preparation for uh, the concert that John and I went to this last Friday, mm. uh, we went and we saw um, uh, uh, Glassjaw and Coheed and Cambria and a couple other openers. Um, I was feeling in a, a a rock and roll sort of mood, and so I decided, oh yeah, that's right, I bought all these music rhythm games. Maybe I should actually play them. Uh, pulled out Guitar Hero Five, and I put some time into that over this last week. It's a lot of fun. I really live. like it. Right on. Um, live, live, live. Right. Five was on PS Two. Apparently, I can't talk today. Ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing a man go senile right on this very show. This is what it sounds like. Uh, I was saying live the whole time. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Um, and I also have Alzheimer's. Um, so, um, yes, I mean, like, pretty, pretty. you go back to when I, we first picked it up, our initial, our initial impressions, and then, um, you know, when Go played it um, when I was out of town um, around uh, the time of Ciderfest, and it... Um, it, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's the refresh that Guitar Hero needed. Yeah. You know, like especially like I I went into it and I, I you know still when I go back and play like the older Guitar Hero games and like Rock Band and things like that, um, I can still go in like if I haven't played in a long time, I can't go in on the highest difficulty level. But I can go in on the one under that and I still get, manage to get through okay. And so just out of habit, I just went into you know it's like easy, medium, hard, and then in, like expert or whatever it is. I went into the hard just out of habit, and but this controller is just so different, like. Pfft, I, I was useless. I was I, I I got booed out of the song like <laughs> immediately, and so um, I I actually had to like bring it back down and like completely relearn how to play this game based off of what I played before. And it's um I mean it's it's definitely more engaging. Yeah, you know it's I I feel like 
once you once once you get good at like moving across the keys on the old style games on the you know the, the single row of five buttons that you can almost kind of move on autopilot uh, autopilot like your eyes just can kind of like glaze over and just kind of watch the notes coming in you can just you just sort of like it's like it's yeah, like it's like sheet reading music with mm. this one though no it absolutely not um you know, with the, you, uh, yeah, you have to pay a lot more attention, and it's a, it's a lot harder. Especially when they start. My thing was when they started uh, um, alternating between top and bottom, and mm-hmm. like doing like oh, the no. finger tapping stuff. Madness. Yeah, I was and, like, and, oh. and the alternating chords. Yeah. when you had to go back and forth. Yeah. yeah, that was like it's it really it threw me for you... a loop every time. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, yeah, it's but a ton of fun, yeah. absolute ton of fun. I love how you can just jump into it. Like there's just no bullshit, and you know there's, there's yeah. No I want to play a song. Yeah. So, so has this one buried buried Rock Band four for you? Like did this kind of like is it did Rock Band play it too close to safe and similar that that and just kind of collecting dust for you? The thing that is saving Rock Band is their back catalog. Okay, you know the fact that you can bring in the you know, I have all this money. I mean, like there. Don't get me wrong. There are people who have substantially more money sunk into rock band libraries than I do. But nonetheless, I do have what to me is a decent amount. And the fact that the majority of that is still available is um, and playable in this game is 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 a big you know it's a big thing. And um, but were that not a factor? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So in an effort to get uh, through some of my back catalog after you know. Thankfully, clearing out some of those uh, those those other two games last week, um, I w- went back to uh, on your recommendation, John, uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Um, I forgot how to play Assassin's Creed. <laughs> yes, you did, because um, it's decidedly not Metal Gear. Oh uh, uh, well, yes. You're you're not trying to uh, balloon people out, are you? Uh, no, and I <laughs> and you didn't jump off a cliff. So we're no, good. No, I just forgot how to parry. Like I just completely oh. forgot how to play the game, and so I'm just I'm I'm relearning how to do all that. Um, I hate when that happens. You go back and you're past the tutorial, and you're like, "Can I get another one of those real quick? It's been a minute." Yes, I, I feel like I feel like that should be a thing by now. Like with with the back catalogs that I feel like a lot of gamers have, developers at this point should have a like. You haven't played this game in like two months. Do you want the tutorial again? Just maybe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess I could just start a new game and just to get through the tutorial, but it's whatever. It's true. But uh, anywho, um, so I'm uh, I just cleared um, um, uh, memory sequence three, right on. and so I'm super early. Um, um, I thought I was farther in it than I am, just mm-hmm. when I dropped it off earlier. But uh, apparently, I'm not. So um, yeah, it's Assassin's Creed. What can you say? Um, yeah. But I mean, it's uh, it's it's fun. It's pretty. Yeah. Yay. John, how about you? Um, I played a um, couple things this week. Uh, I've been playing, of course, more Metal Gear. Uh, for those of you that have played through um, a certain portion of it, I won't spoil anything. But uh, I just hit where it is like, part two is coming, that Charlie mentioned a few back, uh, weeks back on the show. And I was absolutely certain that I was finished with this game. And it was like, but wait, there's more! Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I told <laughs> and you. I, and I, at first, was a little bit annoyed by that. And then they showed the, like coming in part two and it was all like awesome shit that was like ooh what's that oh why is he angry oh shit and then I wanted to see what happened and yep. so and so I kept playing and uh, I will say this though about Metal Gear because I'm enjoying it tremendously the FOB stuff is brilliantly designed and fucking infuriating mm-hmm. it is so goddamn hard it's so easy to screw it up because the reflex thing where you someone sees you and they get scared and it goes slow motion and you have an opportunity to trank them in the face before they call everyone to arms it's so short so in short. those inf- fob and yeah. uh, you know infiltration missions mm-hmm. it's like two seconds and then bam you're fucked man uh so it's and once like those harder fob 
once you're in and they're alerted, you are in it for the long haul, man. It's it's rough, um, but it's great. I mean, I'm not going to say anything else. I'm probably going to say every week that I'm playing this, but I'm going to stop talking about it because I feel like it's, I, what else can I say? It's awesome. I, like I, I want to have a discussion with you once you're done. And yes, so we can get yes, your yes. On that, we yeah. will do that. Um, I played um, Forza 6, you know, taking a page out of Goat's book. Uh, say so you what? I've been playing Forza. Really? Yeah. Huh. And uh, and I like it. It's good. You know, it's uh, it's really slick. Presentation on it is lovely. They're always lovely in those games. Um, it is, um, however, you do kind of drive in circles. And I I can only play it for about half an hour. I can do like maybe three races, <laughs> and then I have to stop. Not because I dislike it, but because you're just driving in circles. Yeah, that's called lap racing. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, that's what I just said. Um, it's great. I mean, it's really well done. I don't know if I would ever pay full price for it, but um, you know, it, it's you can tell that it's meticulously made. They care very much about making sure the finest detail is represented. So I appreciate that. Um, and Rainbow Six Siege, I've been playing that. Um, I did not like it initially. I am growing to like it. Um, because you have to rethink how you approach playing a, a competitive first-person shooter when you're playing it, because you don't just kick the damn door in and then start firing. I mean, you do, but you don't. You have to be a lot more methodical about how you approach things, because this game has breachable walls and um, traps and all these things that you can set, and it's basically like there's somebody's got the hostage or something that needs to be defused or whatever. And then the other team has to go in there and try and save the hostage or kill all of the other attackers or whatever. Um, and you can like repel up the wall, set a breach charge on a window, blow up the breach and then repel into the window. So if there's someone standing behind the window, you can repel into the window and just kick them right in the head. Like it's, it's a really, um, feels fairly balanced, but, um, the controls for a first person shooter, the sensitivity of the sticks, like when you're aiming with the right thumbstick and trying to line up a headshot, mm-hmm. there is a marked lack of responsiveness in the sensitivity of those sticks that competitive, like it, it, other shooters of this genre are not lacking. So it's noticeable because I've been playing, you know, all these other first person shooters. So trying to line up a headshot was obnoxious. It drove me insane. Um, let's see. I don't think I played anything else this week. I don't think I had time. Um, that I can think of. But yeah, that, that was it for me. Goat, what about you? So one five and two sixes, that was your week? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, my week was a little weird. Um, <clears throat> I uh, was working on Rocket League because that addiction's not going anywhere um, soon. The struggle oh. is real, Goat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, currently, I'm running just a season to get better before I unleash my awesomeness, and I say that sarcastically, before I get my ass handed to me online. Uh, right now I'm like, I think, 12 and 1 on my season of 23 weeks, so getting the hang of it. Uh, then I uh, started with Pokemon Red, because they came out. Um, it's a direct port. It's, it's beautiful. Like, there's no added bonus, there's no... Bullshit. No, no. Just voila. Here's the game you had so long ago on a system that is not that one. (laughs) That's such a unique GOAT perspective, though, because a lot of people would feel like, well, if I'm shelling out money for this game, you guys could have done something extra. But you very much are classically traditional in that way. You're just like, I want the game that I played. Don't fuck with it. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? They only wanted ten bucks for it, yeah. so like I got my ten dollars. Not unreasonable. Uh, yeah. um, um, going back, there are some noticeable things like the run button. Um, I really miss from the modern games. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's so, like okay. Yeah, it, there's been iterations like you know coming off X and Y and going to you know version one from version like nine. Yeah, <laughs> there's some shit that's been added. Uh, run. You don't know what you got until you don't got it. Because <laughs> now it takes forever to get anywhere. Um, other than that, it's it's great. Back to think, back you know, back down the alley. Uh, then I uh, I jumped on the Metal Gear Solid Five train thanks to Charlie. Um, so far I get the hype. It's cool. Fucking slow. Like I was like cruising along. And when it takes me 35 fucking minutes to get control of my character, we need to pick it up, dude. Why did it take you so long to get control of your character? Yapping, yapping, yapping. Oh, you're talking, oh that stops da, 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 very da. abruptly and yeah. then kind of stays that oh way for most of the game. God, I'm like, no, dude, you, won't, like, you won't have that problem. Some chicks yapping, I'm half old. I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, I, I'm like, oh, you can move now. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, God, what happened? I've like made a yeah. fucking pizza in the time it's taking you to get to this point. <laughs> once, once you permanently gain control of that character, you're pretty much... That's, yeah. There's very few cutscenes that are more than two or three minutes Good, long. Good, because they got them all out of the way Until in the, the beginning. End, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I swear to God, Glacier was passing me. There's only one cutscene I bumped into so far that was long to a point where I was like, come on, <laughs> let's get it on, let's do this. Let it just I'm ready, you know, only so, one. Yeah, I get it, though. So far, I'm not very far at all. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still in the hospital, so. Yeah, man, once yeah. you get out of there, so, you're good. So I have high hopes for it. I get the hype, but I'm not going to talk about it because... It's pretty, though, isn't it? I've had two fanboys gush about it for a month and a half, and I really <laughs> don't want to be the part, reason that our listeners bash their face into these blunt objects next to their device. Metal Gear Solid is this year's Sunset Overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that analogy. Uh, so, um, and that's it. It was a real short week for me. Okay. Mm. Well, now that you know what we played this week in video games, let's see what the industry did this week in video games. All right, scooting on at number five. Move over Power Glove, Sony Patents, PlayStation VR Mittens. <laughs> I know. I know. It was mittens? as fun to read as it was to say. Um,. They do say that everything comes full circle eventually, so if PlayStation VR is merely a next-gen virtual boy, then we suppose that it makes sense for Sony to be planning a Power Glove alternative, too. A patent filed by SCEA shortly after the announcement of Project Morpheus in 2014 suggests that the company has at least considered the addition of mittens to its nascent VR drive, with the firm filing documentation for a device known as Glove Interface Object. According to the paperwork, these wearables would use glowing lights similar to PlayStation Move and motion sensors to track wrist positioning and hand locations and would even be able to identify flexes on a single finger. One finger. Haptic feedback would add some tactility to your actions while a pressure sensor would be able to both detect when your hand clenches and how hard. This, uh, this would all work in combination with a device like PlayStation VR to provide an even more immersive experience. So um, even though, keep in mind that this is a patent... It, they may never make it. They're patenting sure. the design, may never actually come to fruition, but they're at least considering finding a way to make, uh, you know, the PlayStation VR, I guess, uh, stand up a little bit more next to its uh, coming competition. Does 
PlayStation understand the difference between gloves and mittens? <laughs> they are well, well, they are mittens, I guess. The way if you look at the the photograph, this this was an article that was originally published by Push Square. So when uh, when we publish the show, you'll you'll see the link to the story. There is a photograph that attached to it. It it looks ridiculous. But I'm saying if they can figure out one you do finger, have like a little, you have like a little ball on your wrist, like the PlayStation Move ball. Oh, so nothing actually goes over your hand. It does go over your hand, but they're saying that that's one element of it that stops oh. at the wrist. So, oh. yeah, yeah. Um, Weird. I I see. I, I just thought like oven mitts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like mittens. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. Full on yeah. mittens. No, no. And then you said something about individual looking. fingers, and I was like, "Those are fucking gloves." I hate to break it's it to really, you. really <laughs> odd looking, though. If you if you check out the design, uh, either way, um, you know, anything to to make the whole experience more immersive. I can see. I mean, I really want them to do something awesome with their showings coming up here during the year because what they what they showed in 2015 for for PlayStation VR was abysmal, in my opinion. It was it was non-existent. They they did do the one showing I believe it was at um, it wasn't during E three I think they did it during the PlayStation experience right mm. near the end of the year there and it was it was I'm sorry Sony it was bad it was light years behind um, you know what everybody else is showing in the the VR arena so I hope they've really got something awesome hidden behind the curtain there. But moving on to number four for this week, Drew Barrymore is hosting an intimate Pokemon Day soiree. What does that mean? I'm going to tell you, Charlie. Okay. <laughs> Actress Drew Barrymore will host an exclusive Pokemon... I have... It's, it's hard to read that. Actress Drew Barrymore will have... Will host an exclusive Pokemon anniversary celebration uh, February 27th. So as the time of this recording, it's past. Um, the Pokemon afternoon soiree will, quote, celebrate the brand's U.S. categorical expansion into unisex fashion, accessories, and home decor. None of those things feel like they belong in that sentence. No. With invited bloggers and social media influencers checking out various Pokemon lifestyle products. Barrymore and guests will take to the penthouse of Hollywood Hills Sunset Tower where Pokemon nail art will be offered along with special gift bags, the details of which were not disclosed. Among the stylists and socialites in attendance will be Pikachu... (laughs) Well, Pikachu, the franchise's mascot, the press release states, uh, what isn't made explicit is how the average Pokemon fan can score an invite to the Los Angeles event. Uh, for those in the area who are not on Drew Barrymore's guest list, but have an interest in Pokemon and fashion, a Pokemon pop-up shop is going to reopen for business in LA on the same day, selling exclusive high-fashion Pokemon apparel. Um, this is the douchiest thing I've ever read in my life. <laughs> I mean, why? Why? Just why? I well, here's here's the only thing that that's not made clear because I did research and look into this over the course of several public or, or over the the broad spectrum of several publications, and everybody seems to not be clear on whether or not this is an odd promotional thing because that's what it comes off as. But instead, they're saying that Drew Barrymore is doing this because she really likes Pokemon, but they're they're just not sure. Where the the truth sits, which side of the fence the truth sits on with that? Like, is it more that Drew Barrymore just loves some Pokemon and maybe she reached out to Nintendo or did Nintendo reach out to Drew Barrymore and go, you know who needs to fucking shill some Pokemon? Drew Barrymore. Let's get her. She's perfect. I I kind of get the sense from the fact that, like, 
it doesn't sound like, I mean, clearly general public, it doesn't sound like press was invited. It sounds no, like it, it was sounds her, private. Yeah, so I, do, I have a hard time seeing how this is promotional. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, I think maybe she just wanted to throw a Pokemon party and just press got wind of it. I'll tell you, though, maybe maybe it's just one too many years stuck up in the Hollywood Hills there, like, doing things the way Hollywood folks do it. But this sounds like the worst possible way to have a Pokemon party I've ever heard. Sounds insane, dude. It just sounds like crazy high flute nonsense. Welcome to L.A. <laughs> there you go. I don't think I could possibly button it up any better than that. So I'm going to go ahead and scoot on to number three for the week. <sighs> Hard rock band Power Man 5000 claims Final Fantasy XIV song is, quote, unimaginative theft. Charlie is processing. <laughs> I can see it. No, I'm just, I would need to hear it, but... Boston-based industrial rock group Powerman 5000 called out Final Fantasy XIV on social media for what the band alleged is a, quote, straight-up ripoff of its work. Uh, gotta say, that level of unimaginative theft that was used in creating this music for Final Fantasy XIV is mind-blowing, the band wrote in a Facebook post. I mean, this is when worlds collide. Using something as inspiration is one thing, but a straight-up ripoff is another. Did they really think no one would notice? Um, the original article, which was published by Polygon, does have a link to the song. Something tells me that Charlie is, is hot on the case right now to check and see what the, what the comparison looks like. Um, Goat and I have both heard it already. It's mm-hmm. pretty stark. Yeah. I mean, there's whole chunks of it that aren't at all anything. But there's but whole chunks of it that are really... Massive. <laughs> so much so that you would not... If, he, if you got the guy singing on this track to just sing World Collide as a cover, you would think it's Spider. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it sounds exactly like, and for listeners at home who don't know who Power Man Five Thousand is, the singer for Power Man Five Thousand is Rob Zombie's brother. Um, they have sort of tonally similar voices, yeah. but this this was even surprising to me. And apparently, they theoretically nobody would have noticed had they not put it out on the soundtrack, except for that a fan of the game isolated the audio for that particular section of of you know uh, music that that was hidden in the game's files. Um, yeah, just like pulled the rest of the game audio out of it, isolated that portion of the track, and put up a fairly clean rip of it. Upon which time everybody went, "Oh!" So, listeners, we'll let you decide. So, here's a little bit of the verse from the Final Fantasy XIV song. And here's a little bit of the verse of When Worlds Collide by Power Man 5000. What is it we lay? What's going on here? You got the system for total control. Now is there anybody out there? Now watch yourself for you cause we can't go. The pre-choruses in the song are pretty different though in my opinion. Here's Final Fantasy fourteen. And the pre-chorus in When Worlds Collide. What is it really that is in your head? One little life that you had just died. I'm gonna be the one that's taking over. Now this is what it's like when worlds collide. But when we get to the chorus, things start to get kind of similar again. Here's Final Fantasy XIV.
and When Worlds Collide. Alright, so those are the sound clips. Um, the the way the verse is with like the guy doing like the you know the like the the low whisper talking bits, the, the yeah. whisper talking yeah. and then the the actual like chorus pre chorus well it's so, like the pre chorus mm. is completely different totally yeah. different and then the co- but the chorus is similar ish yeah but I think ah. those verses are close enough that they're gonna get smashed on it though you think so yeah. Oh yeah, the verses for sure. The rest of the song doesn't sound anything like it, but those verses are when when you first pressed play, you thought you were listening to When Worlds Collide, not well, because the other I was thing. set up to think that. Like if, if if yeah, but if it but if you were listening to something unmistakably different, you wouldn't have even it wouldn't have even occurred to you. But so so close was that particular portion of the song that it you never even thought to think which one you were listening to first. It was that it was that close. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. More of I'll the song be, doesn't sound like it than does, but the what does sound like it is stark, man. The, uh, yes, but and, and the bulk of it. Mm, I don't know. I'm torn. I'm torn. <laughs> I don't think it's going to stand up in court. I think they're going to be told they have to take it out of the song or out of the game. You you think the court's yeah. going to oh, find yeah. this close enough? Absolutely. Okay. Or either that, or tell them to rewrite the chunks of it that do sound like it and put it back in. Yeah, they're going to change it. Well, it's 14, so they can, right? So it's online. Yeah, I mean, they could they could take yeah. anything out like that, yeah. you know? Yeah. So you guys are both of the opinion that is... Oh, um, yeah. Do you think it was intentional? Let me let me ask you that. Could, no, I, I think... I, I mean, I don't know who produced it, so it's hard to say unless you know the person, right. but I have a feeling it was probably more like, I really like that band. I mean, people write songs that, that remind them or were inspired by something else sure. all the time. Maybe they just don't play it so close or make it so obvious. Man, I think that's really the only problem is it's just too close, too obvious. You know? Go, do you agree with what John's saying? Well, to a point, I think um, from what I've read, the guy's like, it's called industrial. You know, it was a movement and it's a genre and it is. And that's kind of cookie cutter. I will give him that. I think it was more of uh, an oops of let's take these three things and shove them together. You know, this will be industrial. And then they didn't really do their fact-checking to find out that it already exists. Well, but see, that's the thing, though. Is plagiarism plagiarism if it's completely by accident? Uh, if it already exists, yeah, it's up to you to go find out if it exists. Well, you, a person can't go listen to every single song ever made to make sure that theirs doesn't sound like every single other song. Yeah, um, but I, a huge song like that, it should be able to find. I mean... Yes, this was a very popular song, yeah. so there is well, that. Well, that, and then, then there's also that thing of, yeah, you can't go in time and find it wherever like that, but it, the legal system doesn't comprehend that either, so they're just yeah, going to be yeah. like, hey, you should have known this, and you're like, how could I? They're like, don't care. Yeah, well. Hmm. Um, I, I am of the opinion that it was, I mean, the parts of the song that are similar are very similar, but I don't think they're similar enough on the whole for it to, for me to get the sense that it was intentional. I think it was an accident. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. think it was intentional. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think this yeah. was a, an unhappy accident. Yeah, yeah, probably just a little bit of like uh, tribute, you mm-hmm. know, gone gone wrong, maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. hard to yeah. say. Before we continue, guys, story number two contains some language and um, possible, I don't know, I don't know, trigger words, maybe that are beyond what you normally hear on Gamerhead Radio. So, uh, um, I just we're just re-reporting the um, the language of somebody else. 
and uh, apologies. Yes. For what what we are going. Bear to Bear in mind, I'm reading somebody yeah. else's words, so yes. um, you know, fair warning. Yes. All right, going on to number two for the week. But listeners, let us know what you think. I want to know if you guys think yeah. that they're similar. I want to know where you guys stand in this matter. I'm just I'm curious to see what you guys think. Fair oh, enough. Yeah. And uh, you know, if if any sort of legal proceedings come of it, you know, I'll, we'll make sure to update you here on the show. Uh, coming in at number two this week, Valve fires Dota 2 commentator. Gabe Newell calls him an ass. Oh. Yeah. Valve has fired the host of its Dota 2 tournament uh, in the Shanghai Major after only a day and a half. Valve head honcho Gabe Newell did not mince words about his disdain for the host in question, James 2GD Harding, who Newell publicly called an ass in a Reddit thread. Newell took to Reddit to address the backlash over the tournament streams. Fans have been complaining about feeds dropping, dead air, poor audio quality, and lackluster, arguably offensive commentary. The studio head offered the following explanation on Reddit, where he blamed Harding's hosting skills and the production company Valve hired to stream uh, in the $3 million tournament. Two things, and these are Gabe Newell's words. One, James. We've had issues with James at previous events. Some Valve people lobbied to bring him back for Shanghai, feeling that he deserved another chance. This was a mistake. James is an ass, and we won't be working (laughs) with him again. Two, as long as we're firing people, we are also firing the production company that we've been working with on the Shanghai Major. They will be replaced, and we hope to get this turned around before the main event. So what did Harding do that drew Newell's ire so strongly? Uh, It's hard to pinpoint, but most common speculation is that his opening gambit uh, starts out with him discussing, quote, the cans and the cunts of the team. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, that's not how you start. Followed by an awkwardly told anecdote about masturbating to censored wheelchair porn the night before, which didn't quite fit the tone of the program. Um, the original article published by Eurogamer does have a, a link to the stream so you can get a taste of the audio yourself if you guys want to check it out. Um, it's it's not comfortable. I, I oh, listened to it. Lord. It's not good. Other speculations suggest that he was canned because he had a tendency to look into the camera wrong. Most likely it was a combination of factors. Goat, you have thoughts? Uh, yeah, um, what program is it appropriate for wheelchair porn? Like, I, I don't think I, that there is like, such is there a, a thing. Tonals, you know, I mean, other than like wheelchairporn.com. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think that there is such a, a, a place. It should not be. Especially like, I mean, not, we run not for wild. gaming, a gaming tournament. Like, there's a certain level of professionalism, right. I think, that goes All into right, that. Fella. And, mm. All right, fella. All right, I'm going to, I'm going to, what's this jackass's name? James. Somebody offended goat. Not even that. Like one, dude, we run we run wild on this fucking show. Wheelchair porn has never, until now, been mentioned <laughs> on this show ever. Go ahead it's and cr- not cross safe. that off the list, Charlie. <laughs> not even that. I didn't bring it up. <laughs> That's right. Like, and you're doing a public fucking stream for a normal fucking a three fuck, million dollar tournament. Yeah, fuck this guy. Way. Like, an ass is the lightest term. He should be hit by a car. Well, let's not get crazy, but <laughs> yeah, maybe he sounds like an ass. I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe a Hot Wheels car. Now, Harding, Harding did offer... Uh, yeah, just chuck it right yeah. in his head. No, Harding did <laughs> no offer James. a rebuttal, no. a little bit of an explanation as to uh, his side of things, and he said on Reddit, this is why my statement is taking some time. It seems more personal than professional, so I will respond. Just for the record, Gabe, I don't think you're an ass. But I do think you are right about me being an ass. Well, maybe you are a bit of an ass for calling me an ass, but let's find out what others think, shall we? Be right, be right back. Harding also noted on Twitter that he was told by Valve to be himself. 
Regarding the Reddit thread comments, I, it was Val's decision. Before the event, I was told to be myself, the canned host said of the ordeal. That's not what that means. Arguably, he was a little too himself for uh, this particular program, but he does have a history of stirring controversy with his penchant for profanity and a reputation for teasing his interview subjects. Um, you know, But apparently there are quite a few people that seem to think that a lot of the, the hate was thrown on him because you know the, all of the other technical problems from the production company just made him look worse than he was, and his problems were minute at best. Um, no, that is not what happened. No, no. Um, man, I don't, I don't understand. I know that, that um, major league type events and esports events are still in their infancy and being developed, but I don't understand how a dude like this doesn't get vetted heavily before hitting a stage, you know, especially for an event that, that has as much money behind it. Well, it sounds like he was vetted, and the minds of the people in charge were changed by Valve employees that apparently shared this guy's sense of humor, mm. which is unfortunate. Yikes. Goat? I'd like to go on the record that I'm not even this bad. No. No, you're not. Like, no, you're not. I understand there's fun, there's games, there's be yourself in quotations, but <laughs> there are fucking limits, dude. Yeah. That, and, and, and if you use the word ass one more time in your sentence, I'm going to put my foot in yours. It was just too much assery for one statement. Too, too much, too much, too much cheek, was it? <laughs> Not enough tongue. Ooh. No. Nope. <laughs> and on that note, we're moving on to number one for the week. Ubisoft fighting takeover from former Activision owner. Ubisoft is currently looking for Canadian investors in an attempt to defend a takeover by media company Vivendi. Uh, Ubisoft's executives confirmed uh, to the Globe and Mail that they're meeting with potential Canadian investors for support. Ubisoft currently has studios in Montreal, Quebec, Toronto, so the region is very important to the company overall. Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot is playing up the 3,000 employees Ubisoft has in Canada as it talks to its investors. Uh, quoted as saying, We want to increase the number of Canadian shareholders in Ubisoft to have better control over the capital, Guillemot told the Globe Mail. Um, because he says that it feels like a good defense. If Vivendi sounds familiar to you, that's because the media giant was the former parent company of Activision Blizzard. Uh, led by CEO Bobby Kotick, Activision bought 429 million shares from Vivendi in July 2013, making the publisher independent again. In January of this year, Vivendi sold its remaining 5.7% stake in Activision Blizzard for around $1.1 billion, washing its hand to the company ent- uh, entirely. Uh, Ubisoft is one of the co- uh, the many companies founded and partially owned by the Guillemot brothers, which includes uh, Ubisoft CEO Yves Guillemot. Uh, Vivendi has turned its attention away from Activision Blizzard towards Ubisoft and other holdings run by the Guillemot brothers. Vivendi recently attempted a hostile takeover bid uh, with Gameloft, uh, the Guillemot's mobile company. Media Giant owns a 30% stake in Gameloft and a 15% stake in Ubisoft after uh, slowly beginning a purchase of shares in October last year. Our intention is and has always been to remain independent, a value which for 30 years has allowed us to innovate, take risks, create beloved franchises for players around the world, uh, which has helped the company grow into the leader it is today. Now, there's more to this article, but I have to stick a pin in it right there because I I, I think that this is just my opinion <laughs> based on having been a longtime supporter of Ubisoft at purchasing their titles, biggest Assassin's Creed player most of my life. Um our intention is and has always been to remain independent, a value which has allowed us to innovate, take risks, and create. You guys have not taken a bold risk in probably four years. Everything you guys have done has been a rehash of a rehash of a rehash. You guys are doing the exact same things that Activision did to kill Guitar Hero until it was recently resurrected. 
You guys are actually setting some of the worst trends in gaming right now. That is the weirdest thing. I I just feel like that there's a disconnect there, personally. Um, we're going to fight to preserve our independence. We should not let the situation or any further actions by Vimity or others distract us from our goals. Our best defense is to stay focused on what we have always done best, deliver the most original and memorable gaming experiences. Um, this is not the first time Ubisoft has, has been, um, in this sort of a position before where somebody was trying to hostily take their company from them. If I remember correctly, um, Electronic Arts tried to do this, uh, you know, back, back in the, uh, you know, PlayStation 2 era, um, of, of both of these companies' history. I think, um, yeah, it was the same exact thing. It was EA, I think it was EA was trying to buy... Hostily take over Ubisoft and take two uh, when they were still Rockstar um, during that that time. How strange things just they come full circle like that, and all yeah. of a sudden everyone's trying to buy them out again. But it sounds like Vivendi's got a little bit of a, a vendetta, you know. Like if an they bought to grind with these guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, do you guys think that this is you know in the in the age that we're living in, where business is very cut and dry on paper, and uh, at the end of the day, it's all about making money for you know, somebody who's looking to buy a company in this way, do you think that this is an unacceptable practice in today's uh, today's world? Um, because when this happened 10 years ago, I felt bad for Ubisoft because this is right after Prince of Persia blew up and, you know, they started, you know, getting some... But they were like good guys then, you know what I mean? Do you feel bad for them? Do you think this is unacceptable? Or do you think... Are you like, fucking that's what you get, you know? Like, how do you guys feel? Um, my business is business, so hostile takeovers are going to always happen. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, unfortunately for Ubisoft, I think it's, they kind of did it to themselves by putting out crap games annually for the last, like, three or four years. They are now finally on the whole, like, hey, we're going to do it right, and it might be too little too late. Maybe. You know, it's like, the best games are the ones that are made by people who are passionate and, like, put their hearts and souls and everything into the games. I'm talking about, like, every single person on every level. You know, I, you know, of course there are people who work in all branches of Ubisoft that that are passionate about what they're doing and, like, put in, you know, you know, put in crunch time and, like, do all that stuff. But I'm talking about, like, the best games are the ones that are put out when every single person on the chain, all the way up the ladder, feels this way about these games. When you, yeah. when you get into a company that's the size of Ubisoft, I have a hard time imagining how any sort of conglomerate of that size can maintain that level of artistic purity uh, and integrity. To out there, an independent company, Charlie. Hey, that, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, what, what, everything you said before that, um, you know, and so it's, I say all this to just kind of reinforce what go, what go is saying. It's like the people who are making these decisions, the games only, Obviously, I can't speak for them, but I imagine that, you know, that the games mean income to them. They mean the success sure, of their sure. business. They they mean job security. They mean, you know, that they continue to take home their six-figure paychecks and whatever. You know, I mean, I'm sure the people on the development team care a lot more than they are, yes. are, are ever Absolutely. allowed to get to express to the people who buy the games. I'm sure it probably cuts them... Um, more deeply than anybody else when games are not well received or they don't have enough time to complete a product. Sure. I mean, a lot of people who listen to this show, maybe you play games, but, um, you know, people don't always think about all the moving parts that go into it too. So Absolutely. there's so many factors into the, the nature of this story, man, you know, at any rate, whatever ends up coming of it, man, I, I hope that, uh, 
I hope that Ubisoft is allowed to correct the mistakes they've made in the last couple of years because it seems like they're trying to fix that. Um, but hey, man, maybe they won't get the chance before they get bought up and turned into something else or rebranded, or maybe they'll get bought and left alone. You know, yeah. who knows? And it's like I won't, I won't say that Ubisoft hasn't taken any risks. I mean, like their reimagining of Rayman is beautiful. Yeah, and all the yeah, other yeah. all the other Ubi Art games, every single one of them has been just absolutely phenomenal. Sure, sure. Um, but those those are not the games that are making the money. No, uh, fair, yeah. fair, given. But you know, um, I, I feel like Watch Dogs was a was an attempt to do something different. Sure, it tripped and and stumbled and yeah. um, had some things that it could do. Hopefully, will do better again. But um, you know, I, I do think that they are trying some things, but they are definitely mostly resting and relying on their. You know their their regular installments of their staples. You did forget their their biggest risk they've taken recently, which is uh, <clears throat> hanging on to Raymond Legends and making it cross plat and watching it completely screw it up. <laughs> well, I mean, on the other platforms, it's not the, it's not as good of a game for sure. Um, that was that was clearly a business decision. Yeah. Um, I mean, they've done some weird shit. I which mean, you know, I don't I don't even completely entirely blame on them. I blame poor we sales on that decision. I mean, if they thought that they could have made their development costs back on it being well, a yeah. Wii U exclusive, then I guess sure. It was but, after the numbers came out and stuff yeah, like that. So I you know I don't I don't really fault them yeah. for that decision. But it was still a risk. Yes, true, true, true. But um, the fact that they brought you know Rayman back at all, I'm happy about it. So. Um, we shall see. Yeah, we yeah. shall see. We shall see if we get Assassin's Creed Kart Racer 2017. <laughs> oh, God. And you know somebody would buy it. That's the unfortunate part. Right here. Oh, goat. <laughs> Don't I'd be that guy. the shit out of that. I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would. Just keep playing Rocket League. <laughs> All right, ladies and gents, that's it for this week. I'm, uh, I'm feeling thirsty, gentlemen. Why don't, why don't you say we go play some arcade games and drink some beer? Let's do that. So uh, we took some time this week to stop by an establishment called Tokens and Tankards, which is a, I mean, literally brand new establishment in uh, Mount Prospect. Uh, they they build themselves as a gastrocade, uh, which which I, it's the first time I've ever heard that term before. It's very well applied, um, you know, and uh, folks of the Chicagoland area who live out there, this is the establishment that has moved into where Ye Old Town Inn used to be. Um, and I got to tell you, it's a, a hell of a, a replacement. You know, we've all been upgraded here. Everybody wins. Um, we stopped by to, to taste the food. We stopped by to play some games. We had some beers and uh, just kind of took in the decor and uh, were fortunate enough to have the, um, the proprietor of that establishment and the head chef for uh, the restaurant uh, sit down and talk with us during our uh, feature this week. Okay, so we're up here at uh, Tokens and Tankards uh, at uh, Mount, Mount, uh, Mount Prospect, and uh, so we are here with the uh, owner and the head chef, um, special guest restaurant. So why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourselves? Yes, Vince Scalabrino, owner, general manager at Tokens and Tankards. Uh, Chris Rodriguez, executive chef at Tokens and Tankards. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us. It's a pleasure to meet you both. Um, so we've been hanging out here for a couple hours now, playing some of your games, eating some of your food, drinking some of your beer. And uh, it's, uh, I, I must say, I'm pretty pleased so far. 
Gentlemen. Yeah, no, everything's been outstanding. Uh, second we walk through the door, man, everybody's been really just accommodating. Uh, atmosphere is good, games are good, brews are good, burgers are really good, man. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us a little bit about, like, how did, how did this all get started for you? Like, Yeah, so like two, two and a half years ago, I had this crazy idea. I was doing a charity event at Emporium Arcade Bar in the city, and... Uh, it was actually called Tokens and Tankers, believe it or not. Okay. And uh, that's where I came up with the name um, for this charity event we were doing for a children's hospital on the south side of Chicago, Comer Children's Hospital. And um, I was having a really good time there, loved it. Uh, met the owners, Doug and Danny, super nice guys. Um, and I thought, hey, you know, nobody's really doing this out in the burbs. And I kind of want to put my spin on it and kind of uh, invoke the 80s fantasy vibe really strong. Um, yeah. Kind of taking the name and like blowing it up as a brand. And so. Uh, I was in digital marketing at the time, so I was doing that for a while. Uh, before that, I was a DJ, and so that's where like I got closest to the hospitality industry prior to that. Okay. Um, and then before that, I was a uh, sorry. After that, I was a game producer. I worked at Robomoto, and I was with Activision. Uh, we did uh, the Tony Hawk Ride and Fred games. So that was like the first. How do you feel about that? Looking back on it. Looking back, I think, oh man. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you guys, you guys played those. Yeah. So here's. <laughs> I can tell. So here's here's the thing. Like ride, we were we were asked to uh, do ride. Um, first, it was going to be Red Octane. The guys that originally created Guitar Hero yeah, yeah. were going to. Um, I don't know how much this I'm allowed to say. I'm just going to say it. I don't care, <laughs> really, because um, it's all happened. It's like water under the bridge now. They were they were signed up to do the hardware platform, right? And Robomoto is going to do the software platform. But okay. what happened was Red Octane got super super busy with another project, and I believe it was. Guitar Hero World Tour, if I remember correctly. Sounds right. Uh, don't quote me on that. It was some other project. And so anyway, they got pulled, and then all of a sudden it was to Robomoto to do the hardware and the software. And I think we got an extra maybe like three to four months. So Oh, that doesn't seem like a lot. Right. <laughs> so let's let's say we were building an engine. Okay, so like we weren't like using Unity or... Um, from scratch. Unreal. Yeah, no, it was a new engine, okay? A brand new hardware platform and the game and all the content that goes with it. So it was a huge undertaking. <laughs> oh my god. Um, anyway, um, so that's why Ride was not so great. Yeah. Because we, it wasn't ready yet. It wasn't really a finished product in the minds of anybody, I think, at Robomoto. Yeah. Um, but Activision invested a lot of money. I get it. You know, as a business owner, I understand why they had to make that call. They needed to get it to market. Um, and they were trying to hit the Christmas rush, so it was like a big deal. Um, to be to be clear, anybody anybody that works in game development, um, I don't think anybody ever on the on the staff side of it, nobody yeah. wants to ship a game that's not finished. Right. Nobody would ever. It would never be your first choice to ship a game that has not has not seen its its uh, desired cooking temperature. That's true. You know what I mean? That's but, true. Uh, deadlines are deadlines. Yes. That's you know, it. I mean, you guys weren't given the choice. I would imagine. No, we weren't. And, yeah. and you know the thing is, is like I like your cooking analogy, so I'm going to bring Chef Chris in here a little bit. <laughs> he can he can tell you like you know you can polish and tune a recipe all day long, forever and ever and ever. You can find little ways to tweak it. You know. Um, Always, and that's the thing with games. Like you can constantly tune and nitpick and say, "Oh man, I don't know. I think this ramp should go over here, or there's too many trees over there." You know, that's just like an ongoing conversation. Um, that never really ends. And so it's like, how do you know that you've gotten past the point of like making it fun, and you're just kind of like doing little goofy stuff that doesn't matter? Sure, sure. Right. And um, unfortunately, we didn't even get to the point where I think we worked out all the basic foundational stuff. Uh, we barely did, right, yeah. to get it out the door. Um, so that was the problem. What was really a shame is that Shred was an amazing game. Um, because it was the game that Ride should have been. Mm -hmm. um, the problem was that Activision had invested so much 
in Ride, that I, I believe, and I don't know the whole story, is that they probably just didn't have as much or weren't willing to put as much capital toward Shred because Ride didn't sell very well. Because, yeah. as we know, it wasn't really a finished product, I don't think. So anyway, um, that's what happened. If you guys go back and play Shred, mm -hmm. tell me if you like it. I think it's a way better game than Ride. Right. It's right. really the game Ride should have been. And the problem is it was it was in the shadow of this terrible game. Mm -hmm. So it's just not terrible. It was it was a game that could have been a lot better. It had a it lot had, of potential. It had some areas for opportunity. That's it. Areas of opportunity. <laughs> it was a, it was a you know we worked super hard on it. And I don't want to slight like the countless hours that me and the team spent there. Mm -hmm. um, it was crazy, but. Sure. Anyway, sure. huge digression, but obviously you guys right, appreciate it. your listenership again? Yeah. <laughs> because, wow, man. Yeah. No, it's, it's all good <laughs> stuff. They like games. You start getting like, oh, I don't want to read this now. Yeah. I'm like from a lawyer. Like, Who knows? Yeah, this might get a little intense. And this many years later, he's still under deadlines constantly. Yeah. All day, every day. Man. Never oh, man, it's, it's a different set of deadlines as a business owner yourself, it man. Is. That, that cha changes the game quite a bit. And no pun intended. for the next one, we'll, be, we'll still be working out kinks. Oh, absolutely. It's crazy, oh, yeah. man. Oh, absolutely. Without a doubt. Like, my battle right now is, like, trying to, you know, um, like, something as simple as, like, finishing a plate, like, a little dusting of parsley, like, fresh chopped parsley. Sure. Right? And I tell them, like, go high, and it just <laughs> flutters over the plates everywhere. And they're like, I'm like, dude. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm, I'm talking to a phone. No, I get it. No, <laughs> but but I'm saying, go high and like let it fall <laughs> over the plate, right? Yeah. And like all these like little kinks, and it's like it drives me crazy. And it's like, how do you, how do you just not know this? Yeah. See, but because it drives. But you then crazy. Vince looks at me the same way. He's like talking, like talking about games, and you know, like his whole just spiel right there. I could have been listening to German. I wouldn't know. What <laughs> I don't even know what well, shred is. That man. makes me. That makes me wonder. Then, like, you guys, if you're the head chef of the restaurant, how did you guys come to together to to do this? I sent him a Facebook message on Tokens and Tankard's page like six, seven months ago. Yeah. And he called me in, and originally I wasn't even looking for a job. I had a job. I was happy at for the most part, right? And I'm like, well, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll just you know offer up some like menu consulting or something, make a little extra cash, you know, fun money, whatever, right? So I come up here and I was not dressed for an interview on any level, you know. <laughs> and uh, you were in your denim Grateful Dead jacket, as yeah, I recall. Right. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah. my Harley That's boots, awesome. and you know, like yeah. this is just Chris, you know. And I, I come in and uh, he's got his. He had a restaurant. Has a restaurant consultant. This guy Tom, this old Italian, you know, older Italian guy. Say, hey, I'm, I'm Tom, right? You know that kind of attitude. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so I walk in and you know we sit down. We ended up chatting for two hours, and these two guys are like firing questions at me, man, just. Like crazy, you know. Like in this situation, would you do this, or how do you feel professionally, and you know, what do you cook, and what, whatever, right? And so naturally, I'm just I'm on my game that day, and I'm firing him right back. And uh, he tells me his theme, which you know, looking at the place at that point, it looked like this, but like a thousand times worse, right? But it was like rustic sure. and wood and kind of cool, you know. And I, you know, you immediately think like British kind of gastro pubby kind of yes. feel, right? And so he's like, I, really, I want to do like this traditional British Belgian gastropub food. I'm like, awesome, man. Uh, so I went home that day after our meeting of like two hours and four hours later, I had the menu written, right? And so that's 95% wow. of what, what I'm rocking back there now wow. in the kitchen. Wow. Yep. And so, I don't know, I think we met like another a week later or something. He's like, and I said, oh, I got like a little mock menu for you. We'll go through it, you know? And we went through like two or three things. And then I landed on my next page, which was... Uh, the scotch egg. You guys know what the scotch yeah, egg is? I saw it is? on the menu, yeah. Okay, so it's a uh, hard-boiled egg, soft-boiled egg, you know, either one, wrapped in sausage, breaded, and deep-fried. 
It's like a piece of egg heaven, man, and sausage, and it's everything. It's awesome. Oh, damn, I just ate, and I'm like, you're making me hungry. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. breakfast, and I'm not like, the I might amazing. be inspired to send one out and have you guys try it. <laughs> <laughs> try it. <laughs> Which, when I say that, you guys are just going to get scotch egg now before you leave. Deal with it. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah I literally... twisted our arms. Yeah, right. I trained the same way. I talked to my staff the same way. I'm brash, dude. I have no fucking tact at all. It's okay. And we that's got one okay. of those over here. Yeah. That dude, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying, man, right? Anyhow, we have a saying in the studio. That's our goat. Yeah. <laughs> so, huh, where was I now? So anyway, I, I, I'm going through the menu with him, and we get to the Scotch egg, and I think pretty much at that point he's like, "Yeah, you're hired, dude." Right, your kids and it, was, it was pretty much you had me at Scotch egg. There you that's kind of how it went it. on. It's like you had me at the low. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. No, because I mean, like when I originally was thinking about the menu, I knew that Scotch egg and bangers and mash were two. Items that we had to have, and those were two yeah. things that I literally put on the menu immediately. With no you know? instruction for me, no impetus. It was just purely just on new, just, yeah. just totally on the same wavelength. Yep. So it's like, like right, right on. Right cool. it, awesome. it was just meant to be, guys. Okay. <laughs> It's true love. True love. That's it. True right. love. That's it. So now the space that we're in used to be like an old like metal bar, right? Yeah, that's how it ended up. Right? Metal yeah. bar, pizza shop, old man dive bar. I, I can admit that I, I did patronize the prior establishment here a couple of times. I've been in this. Well, who's got shake for you now? That's for <laughs> yeah. oh, oh no no. Well, no, 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 no. I'll be gentle, but I'm glad they're gone. We'll say yeah, yeah, it yeah, wasn't yeah, a good yeah. time to play here. Let's yeah. say that. Yeah. Did you play here, Goat? Oh yeah. Yeah, man. You know. <laughs> so, several times. Yeah. So I mean. The thing, the thing was, like, at one point in the 80s, Yiltown Inn actually served up what a lot of people think is, like, one of the best pizzas around. It was popping for a long time. It was time, really yeah. huge Absolutely. back in the 80s, and various reasons, whatever, I don't know, like, it just kind of didn't really maintain itself very well. And so um, I think at the end it wasn't really... It didn't have the luster that it once did. Sure. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it had become a, a metal haven um, and uh, probably a place that was pretty far from where it started. But Vince, um, even on that note, too, man, I mean, when, when you have a, a, a business for 47 years, oh, you know, yeah. you have to at some point reinvent yourself, right? right. Oh, yeah. And they, they did that, obviously, with becoming a metal bar, and that's Absolutely. all fine and dandy. True. But I think, too, man, and we've all been we've all been to restaurants that, or, you know, your parents went to, and you went to as kids, and then 20 years later, you go back, and you're like, oh, my God, this is horrendous. It's yeah, terrible. Yeah, yeah. I think this ownership and management, they just lose focus, and it just becomes like a daily grind, like, you yeah. know, let's say like a, a, a marriage or, you know, a dissolving one at that point, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. you just kind of like, just yeah, you just start giving up. You're like, I just show up and go through the routine now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, um, I mean, I... Well, and anybody who knows we the history... We can't let that happen, but you know... Right, yeah, sure, sure. I can see where those things might happen in, in the restaurant industry. It got complicated. It's a tough business. There was a, there was a lawsuit with the landlord in the village. Things got really complicated. Um, and, you know, that probably had something to do maybe with uh, it being ended yeah. by okay. the, the owner, um, who's, who's our landlord here. So, anyway... But um, on the brighter side, check it out now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, right. That was fine. One door closed, another door opened, you know, and now we have this cool thing going on, and I think it was the perfect infrastructure for us, right? So it gave us a great kitchen. Chris has an amazing kitchen to work in. Um, we had to do very little to it at all to great. bring it up to function. Um, that was a nice part, yeah. That was a nice, nice part. Um, uh, there were issues with the restrooms previously. Okay. <laughs> uh, so you've done a lot of renovating. For the I, I, I did notice that yeah. you guys have done some some wonders to yeah. the washrooms in here, man. Right. I, on that note, too, I think when Vince actually hired me and he gave me the offer letter, he's thinking, cool, man, I got a chef. He's, he's like working on a menu. I'll just have this guy come in in like five, six months and then we'll start the kitchen. And... Uh, 
I kind of tell it like, what's that movie with uh, uh, John Cusack and they owned like a record store or something? Oh, High Fidelity. Fidelity. Yeah, he's like, these guys just started showing up every day, so I got to pay them. <laughs> that was me. I'm like, um, I left my job and I'm like, I'm bored. I'm just going to go up and see what Vince is doing. And then I would just like pick a project and start doing yeah. it. So whatever. And so. I, I'm like, I have this church pew here. He's like, oh, yeah, let me refinish that for you. Next thing I knew, it, like, it's amazing. <laughs> and he didn't realize that like in my spare time in my home, I have a studio and I actually refinish furniture as a hobby. Right so it, it actually, it, it worked out really well and then I just started like picking out other little projects around I'm like I'll just do that just, let, me, let me fix that up for you yeah. Yeah, that's good. then I'm like yeah, by the way dude Vince like use a little dough you know what I'm saying <laughs> so how much did the exi- the uh, existing like look and feel of the place contribute to what it ended up becoming uh, a lot actually I think 80% maybe um, okay. right so like the crosshatch Tudor panels that you see in the other room, mm-hmm. and then sort of a variant on it here with like the straight vertical horizontals. Um, those dragon-like fixtures you see over there, those really cool globes. Yeah, yeah. Those are from the original Yodi. Um, it's quite a bit actually. Well, they yeah. looked terrible before, but they look awesome now. Yeah. You can actually see them here now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The lighting. You, you know what I'm getting at on those, right? Yeah. That's, Clearly, I did those. There's a couple of things, but I mean, that is one thing. Is as funny as it might sound, anybody who may have been in here when it was what it was before. Immediately, the first thing I noticed was it's bright in here. Right. You guys actually have the lights yeah. on, man. We have the lights on. We're not ashamed. <laughs> We're not ashamed. Exactly. Like even as a chef, when I come out and touch tables and I, I kind of walk the floor because I'm interested in hearing people's, you know, views on, on what the place looks like. And so we've had a lot of people that have come. They used to come to the uh, Yield Town Inn, right? And I think they're kind of thrilled to see that it still has a kind of feel like with the same woodwork and the cross hatching and, and the bar. You know, a lot of it's been re- refinished. But it still has a little bit of that vibe, so it kind of brings them back home, I guess, in a way. Sure. Um, clearly, it's cleaner and nicer and fresher and better food and drink. I mean, whatever. But yeah. um, I think that's cool, though. I think it's really important that we kind of have some of those touches that, that make them feel good. That We didn't, like, come in, gut the place, and put sure, up all new sure. drywall and, you know. What, so not. fundamental for me was I wanted a place that was cozy and comfortable, right? Like, I wanted a place that you could feel like, man, like I could just hang out here for hours, and that's okay, right? Because we're big enough that we can support tables not turning three, four times a night. It's okay, right? That like literally, Vince, are, Vince and I are here every day for hours. There is that. So, <laughs> all, it has all to feel comfortable. Yeah, you know all saying? the time. All the time. But, uh, if you're going to live here, you might as well make it yours. Hey, exactly. You know <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, so that was all part of it. Um, we went a lot with, like, kind of warmer colors. Mm-hmm. Um, red well, hues in the well, paint. Hold on a second. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, you want to get into detail here. Yeah. Um, so I come up here one day, and, you know, he's got, like, some paint colors on the wall, and it's gray, and there's brown. I'm like, cool, man. I'm like, um, like, they're, where's the color? There's gray. So, there's, so that was my response. There's gray. Right. It's a color. So I'm like, I'm like, gray is actually not a color. It's more like, I don't even know what it is. It's gray. And so I said, you know, you got to have like some red on the walls, man, right? Like some nice deep like red or, you know, something yeah, like yeah. that. And he goes, oh, you know, I, I think I'm like, I said, look, man, it's scientifically proven that red makes you feel warm and comfortable and hungry. It creates appetite, right? Why do you see so many restaurants and bars have red accents everywhere? Mm-hmm. Makes sense now. It's all bar science and restaurant science, right? So then he, he said, okay, cool, let's try it, right? So I said, instead of doing the whole place, we'll do like the one wall when you walk in, make it dramatic, little flare above the bar. And we, with the different rooms, you want to have certain ties, like the stone in both rooms, and this and that kind of pulls, pulls everything, it makes yeah. it cohesive, right? 
So we must have gone through like six colors of red, man. Okay, we kept we kept landing on this like orangey red persimmon sherbet, sherbet, and I'm like, not red. And it reached a point where literally, I think he snapped because he like started screaming about it, right? And he's like, throws up his arms and like goes downstairs. The door slams. I'm like. Okay, well, I'm like, we better find the right fucking red, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's gonna come yeah, in like, sure. for a while, he's like, Vince is coming in hot right now, man, you know? We need well, to get a red now. I feel like that's, yeah. all, that's hard to do with you, too. I just get the sense that you are not an angry person by nature. No, I'm so. really chill. And Chris knows. <laughs> no, like, he, he's Mama Bear and I'm Papa Bear, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Good cop, bad it's cop, absolutely man. Absolutely true. All, all the staff will tell you. I actually get angry with him, like, get madder. <laughs> so then I, this is, I'm sorry, Vince, but going back like a month or a couple weeks, I'm like, I said, dude, I'm like, who are you here? He's like, uh, I'm the manager. I'm like, no, you're not. Who are you here? He's like, I'm the boss. I'm like, no, you're not. Who are you? He's like, I'm the owner. I'm like, yes, there you go. Right? But then the son of a bitch started throwing it back in my face. And I'm like, oh, I created a freaking monster, man. Yeah, you're no, like, no. hey, Vince, I think we should do this. And I go, no. Just what do you mean? I'm like, I'm the boss. Right. I should have kept my damn mouth shut, That's man. Great, I've, learned my, I've learned my lesson now, yeah. goat, you That's know? Funny. So, Good lord. Let's talk. Let's talk games in there. Yeah. Uh, your game selection. Uh, sure. in, in, any any particular. Hold on, guys. on that note, I'm gonna I'm gonna bid you farewell. All right. Take care. Thanks, oh, thanks, thanks stuff. Appreciate it. Yeah, check out my kitchen anyway. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Go. Yeah. I we won't keep you this longer. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, Don't worry about it. Talking game selection. Yeah, yeah. Um, any, anything particular that, that goes into what what you wanted in there? You Absolutely. Just, you know, what was your your method for selecting your uh, yeah, selection? So so I really prefer the classics, uh, the '80s classics. So you see a lot of that on the floor. Um, the I call it kind of the headline row. Like when you first walk into the game room, you see right in front of you uh, like Sinistar, Gorf, Satan's Hollow. Um, those are and Ms. Pac-Man. Those are just like. Quintess to me, like quintessential classics that like really resonate, and they kind of have like uh, some of them have like a little bit of an aggressive sort of art package and thematic. Like like Satan's Hollow is really controversial when it came out. I think that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. It has a uh, cool design, and that just like Tron, there's actually a black light bulb installed above the joystick that causes the joystick to glow. Um, so there's a lot of like art aesthetic that kind of led me to certain games and gameplay. You know, I think all those games are really fun too. They're kind of cool. Um, the pinballs uh, were in the process of kind of aligning to a very specific theme that I have in my mind, and that's really sort of like the 80s fantasy theme. So if you look at Sorcerer and Dungeons and Dragons, like those kind of hit that right on the head. And then obviously we've got The Hobbit from Jersey Jack Pinball, which is really cool. Um, that's one of two prototypes that are currently out available for the public to play right now. One um, of two, that's it. One of two. Oh, wow. In the, in the world. Nice. And, uh, I'm fortunate enough that I'm, I'm good friends with a gentleman uh, at Jersey Jack Pinball, and he was kind enough to uh, kind of work out this deal with us. Okay. Um, what's great about being in Chicago, you guys probably know this, but Chicago was the manufacturing hub for video games and pinball games. Midway. Yep. Valley, yeah, Williams, Midway, Stern, Gottlieb, yep. they were all here, right? Yep. Um, and today, what's left, right, are the two major manufacturers of pinball games in the world, which are Stern, the big, big guys, and the up-and-comer, Jersey Jack. So Jersey Jack's second game is this The Hobbit pinball game, and it's thematically perfect for us with what we're yeah, doing absolutely. here, and it's a great, great game. I'm really sorry it's offline tonight. I had I had a really amazing problem with that game. <laughs> it, uh, it, it, it was so popular, it's full. Like, I, it's actually totally full of dollars, and yeah. it's totally full of tokens. Like, you cannot stuff any more into yeah, it. Yeah. 
That's and a good problem to have. It's, it's a very good. I, I'm really fine with that. It's okay. Um, the problem funny. was uh, I, I lost the key. It fell off my key ring. Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Um, it just disappeared one day. Oh, like no. I don't even know what happened. One one morning I was going around doing game audits and I pull up my keychain and I like go to try to find the key for the Hobbit and it's not there. And I'm like, oh, what happened? I go back to my key jar and it's not in the key jar. I look around the floor. It's not there. I don't know. It fell into the Twilight Zone. I'm not really so there's sure. There's some random person running around Chicagoland right now with the key with to the, the key Hobbit. With the key to the Hobbit, exactly. That seems one oddly very Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Doesn't it, right? One the one key. key. I, feel yeah. like I, should, one key I feel like I should make a joke about going to Mount Doom. I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mount, Mount Prospect. Well, and, and, yeah. Yes. Mount, Mount Doom. And right now there's a little fortune waiting for you yeah. if you want. Yes. <laughs> yes. It's a yeah, small fortune yeah. inside the game. Um, yeah, no, it's been great. We had an awesome opening week. Everyone's been super cool. I appreciate you guys coming out. Sports yeah. too. No problem. Um, it's been awesome. It's so so busy uh, that our tokens are almost gone. That's wow. insane. We evaporated almost like 5,000 tokens in just a few days. Um, a lot of people, I think, took them as souvenirs, which uh, it's flattering too, I suppose. But hey, I need Bring those. Bring them back! <laughs> hey, I need those. Um, so we're getting more tokens this week. Okay. Um, also, a lot of tokens right now are locked up in The Hobbit and then another game that we've got on loan from a local operator at NH. So, um, Anyway, so eventually I want the whole pinball lineup to be more aligned to fantasy aesthetics. So, so I'll tease, like you guys will be the first to know, there's, there's some games coming up soon that we're going to release. One's um, called Paragon, which is a really cool, it's considered by most of the best wide body, I'll say one of the best wide body pinball games ever made. Um, it was an early solid state pinball um, from Bally. It's a really, really cool game. It's got like a big barbarian looking dude on the back glass. Um, and, the, and the play on the play field is super, super fun. It's a great game. Um, so I want to really put that in Haunted House's place. And Haunted House is going to be one of the first games that we're actually going to be putting up for sale. So that's something oh, that right we're on. going to be doing periodically, is selling games that we want to kind of rotate out right um, to the public. Just keep it fresh. So and keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And so, Give them a reason to come back. Exactly. Exactly. You know, so. you mentioned you mentioned all the, the history of, of gaming and pinball being in Chicagoland. And it seems like that's, that's really rooted in this town, man, because... It's coming back around now. Like yep. a lot of these companies either don't exist and have shuttered their doors, or they don't do it anymore. Right. Um, and, and even though there are still game development studios here, like modern game development studios outside of pinball here, yeah, yeah. Um, what a lot of people outside of the Midwest don't realize is how big the arcade gaming world has become in Chicagoland again. Like it's massive. Like, oh, yeah. like nowhere bigger right now in the country is doing like you know gastrocades or barcades beercades whatever you want to call them I mean, there's a million different like buzz names for them right now but yeah, it's yeah. it's huge i talked that's to not friends. even mentioning the ghosts yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's it's, it's the largest insane. circuit in the world yeah yeah, yeah yep, it's, right, it's yeah. gotten to be wild and when you talk to people who are part of the gaming circuit whether they work in it or they are uh just attending or playing or yep. you know i mean like when you talk to people about it they have no concept that this is going on here if they don't live in the midwest right unless they're part of like you know niche gaming outside of that and they follow yeah. the circuits for it but man it's gotten to be huge you know and you picked a hell of a time to jump in you know and uh I don't know, I can't I speak for my cohorts, but uh, we're glad that you guys are here and uh, you. we're having a damn good time. Yep. Appreciate it. I mean, I wish you were closer, but that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Sorry. right in my yeah. backyard. Yeah. I can't complain. Tokens and takers number two. <laughs> there, there you go. go. Sound by you. Very there possible. You um, so uh, before we close out, we do have some listener questions. Sure. Um, that I'd like to forward over to you. Um, yeah. So when you wanted to open an establishment, what came first between the two, uh, the beer or the games? Aha. Uh, <laughs> wow. Well, 
both at the same time. Okay. Uh, so it was it really, it was a chicken and the egg sort of spontaneously manifested themselves, right? So I was, like I said, I was doing that charity event. I came up with the name for the charity event and I, and I was there in Emporium and I'm like, this, this place is really cool. I want to like inject a food concept in here. And then, like I said, I want to attach the fantasy. Um, I, I was a home brewer for a while. Um, I love beer and I love the making of beer and I love crafting beer and I love craft beer, all these things. Um, and I, I love arcade games. About five, six years ago, I, I bought uh, Asteroids Cocktail Table uh, that's soon going to be rolled out here. Nice, and nice. it was the very first game I brought back to life. So I bought it and it was just completely decimated. And uh, with Doc's help, Doc actually, Doc Mack at Galvin Ghost has taught me a lot about what I know about repairing games. And he helped me um, repair the board. Um, I had some other guys help me kind of work on the monitor. I did a lot of the cosmetic stuff on the game and kind of put all the pieces together, did some wiring, learned a lot. And boom, now I got a working Asteroids Cocktail. It's pretty sweet. Um, and that was sort of like my gateway drug, just like homebrew, <laughs> yeah, just like homebrewing kind of was into like like a broader craft beer thing. And now I'm a level one Cicerone. I'm hoping to be to advance my Cicerone uh, awesome. levels as I, I get deeper into the thing. So it was a two great taste, taste great together. That's it. Kind of a <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it was yeah. it was that very much. And uh, and yeah, I think uh, you know for me, like I said, it was just taking that kind of existing idea and making it a little different. Gastrocade is a term that that I've coin for this um, being a little different than a like beercade just in that like beer is a part of but we're really taking a lot of inspiration from the original gastropub concept which was popular in London in the 1990s when they were trying to figure out a way to get people back into the pubs because they were really kind of dying or languishing because they weren't kind of cool anymore and uh, so then they injected all this great food into pubs and that was a gastropub so we're taking that idea so again the traditional British pub fare that came from yeah. the gastropub movement and then attaching to it the idea of a, an arcade, a vintage arcade, and then really trying to bring out the fact that Chicago has this huge, rich history um, and has yeah, a yeah. new history that we're making now yeah. in beer, which Absolutely. is really cool. Oh, yeah. So kind of tying all that together, um, I think, is, is pretty cool, and that's what we're trying to do. So. So, so it sounds like for you, it's like the food and the beer and the games are all equally important. Absolutely. There's, it, I see it as like a three-legged stool, and, and it all it, if one of those legs is gone, the stool falls over for me. Um, like I want people to be able to come here and have food, and that's it, if that's what they want. Have beer, if that's all they want, um, and, and or play some games. And, and I'll say, so tokens originally for me was definitely just arcade games and pinball games, but then I had this idea like, hey, we could bring in some tabletop games and that would be really cool. I liked what Geek Bar was doing in the city and some other uh, board gaming bars, tabletop gaming bars around the country. And so I uh, expanded the idea, so you, know, you use tokens in tabletop games as well. And so I thought sure. it'd be really cool if we had a tabletop game library that, like our arcade games in the Hall of Games, were actually vintage. And so uh, about a third of our game library is actually vintage right tabletop <laughs> games from the 80s. And a lot of them are very much like fantasy themed, um, obviously going with kind of yeah, thematic of over here. So. Right, nice. Yeah, that's where we're at. You know what I love about this is like when, when Level 257 opened up, we went and we checked them out and we yeah. got to talk to some of them. And um, uh, one of the, uh, I, his name is escaping me at the moment. But David, the, Bishop. David, David Bishop. David Bishop. Yeah. Yeah, Great we, guy. We got to talk to him. Yep, I know him well. And um, it's, uh, you know, hearing their approach to coming up with a, with an operation and just an entity like that versus mm -hmm. yours. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I, you know it's what, what they're doing is what, 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 they, what they are doing, they're doing very well. Yes. But their focus is very clearly much more on the menu and the food than it is on the gaming aspect of it. That's an aesthetic, that's not the focus. Right. When 
you know, when, when it's places like this with, you know, not to say that they don't have passion, of course, but with the passion that you have, I, I, I appreciate the passion that you guys are putting into all three aspects and making them not one or more more important than the other. So thank you, Charlie. Very cool. Appreciate that, man. Um, but off that note, um, so you guys have pinball, arcade, and even tabletop games. This is another listener question. Uh, why no console or computer games? Ah. Uh, well, for me, it's, it's about kind of like starting with a few things, doing them well, and then adding more things as we go. Okay. We already have a lot going on, to be honest with sure. you. Like, um, For being open a week, yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and it was funny, too, because we were doing staff training, um, and, and we were talking about the tabletop games. And I've got a couple members of my staff that are really well-versed and play a lot of tabletop games. And so they were super comfortable with the idea of, like, you know, coming up to the, the guests and saying, hey, you know, if you guys want... Since it's kind of a slower night, we have some open tables. If you'd like to stay a while and play a tabletop game, that's great. We've got a whole bunch to choose from. Um, most of my team was like, oh, my God, what the fuck? There's so much to learn. I can't yeah, do this Because yeah. yeah. here you have this crazy menu, and it's totally intense. It's different. It's crazy. Yep. And then you've got all these beers, and you know, not all my staff are really well-versed in craft beer. A lot of them are. Um, but I, what I found is basically people that were good at what they did. And like that didn't necessarily mean they were like really knowledgeable in arcade games, pinball games, or uh, craft beer or board games, but they, they could be. And, uh, and and all of them have their own little niche. But like they all had struggles with a different thing, kind of through the training. And it made me realize it was just too much. So we kind of backed off, and we actually um, for our soft open, which was last week, mm -hmm. we had no uh, tabletop games out. And that was just because like the staff wasn't ready for it. It's a whole nother level. It's like a whole nother product catalog that you have to know as a server. Sure. Um, and we just we just weren't there. And so, will we grow into console and PC games? Yeah, probably. I mean, I like I could see us maybe like hosting a Dota tournament here or something like that down the road. It's the logical thing, you know. But for me, like our core is kind of what we're doing now. Um, I really want to do that super well and get to the point where like we're consistent with it. We're delivering over time and then add more cool stuff as we grow, and it makes sense to do it. So great. The, the you know the answers that you're giving to me are working perfectly into the question flow here. So thank you. You don't need to Thank you. No so problem. so uh, another listener question: How do you manage the people who play tabletop games, considering the time it takes to play them and all the parts uh, that come with them? Additionally, if people come in, the uh, oh, uh, what is this? the dragon that would be the Chris's return. Chef Chris's return <laughs> with the uh, the aforementioned goodies. With, with the promise. so so one more time. What is this? Could you describe this, please? It's a scotch. <laughs> we call it a dragon egg too. Uh -huh. Well, theme. Medieval stuff, man. And, sure, yeah, and yeah. Nerdy things. <laughs> um, although I do like Ren Fair, though. That's that's the one thing I, I could say. Um, it's just a, it's a Scotch egg, so it's a uh, should be a soft boiled egg. Uh, then we wrap in. I use a breakfast sausage because it just okay. has a really great flavor. And then we bread it in our three part breading system, and then deep fry it and top it off with a Dijonese, which is. Um, well, it's Dijon mustard and mayonnaise, man. <laughs> it just sounds really fancy, doesn't it? Yeah. I know. It's, uh, I, I use the term all the time, uh, kiss, man. Keep it simple, stupid, yep. right? There you go. You know? Well, thank you so much. Yeah, dig in, man. appreciate Get it. Get crazy. Will do. Um, okay, so uh, how do you manage the people who play tabletop games considering the time it takes to play them and all the parts that come with them? And additionally, if people came in just to play a tabletop game, could they pay you without having to order food and drink? How do you approach people who are might do that. I haven't even thought about that possibility to be honest with you. Um, I, my sincere hope is that while they're here they would patronize us and purchase some food and drink. Sure. Um, I don't really have an idea of how we would monetize that. I suppose we could charge like an hourly like sitting fee or something. Oh, like but a we, pool hall kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, I don't really know. But I mean the thing is, is um, 
I don't know. I think our food's really good, and yep. it's really not that expensive. I think we price things very moderately. I'd agree with fairly. that. I would we had agree that, with that discussion while we were while we were dining, and that's we. A lot of times when you see thematic restaurants like this, yeah. you you expect for there to be. Um, a sometimes unreasonable premium for the experience, and right. you guys have been very fair in your pricing, Thank especially you. versus the quality of the food. You guys crushed it; it's really good. Thank you. That's I mean, that was really important to me. I wanted to be accessible to people, and I, I want people to come in and be like, "Well, it's not really a big deal if we order a couple appetizers while we're playing our game," you know, like it's well, twenty twenty five bucks or whatever. You know, it's not a lot of cash, or you know. The beers aren't eight dollars. Like we have five dollar beers, we have six dollar beers. They're accessible. Yep. We have three dollar beers, really. Your and flights so, are very reasonably priced as well. I, yes. It's hard to find a seven dollar craft beer flight elsewhere, yep. and we and we pour very large samples. Yes, you do. So I mean, it's just, and, and you know, like we're getting our legs on. I'll be honest with you. Like we are going to fine tune and change things as we go. Sure. But um, I really wanted to start from a place where, again, we're showing that we're not trying to just make a stupid amount of money and take advantage of people. We're trying to create a place that you want to come back to because it's a good experience and you feel like it, it's friendly on your wallet and your personality. I don't know, like what you're looking for at that time. Um, just makes you feel good, man. It makes you feel yeah. good. That's what we're going for, man. Um, there's, a, there's a German word, Gemutlichkeit, uh, which, which means like, I think I just butchered it because I don't speak German. But it basically means, um, it's, it's only a word in German, really. I don't think there's an English equivalent and it basically just means like a cozy, comfortable, feeling um, that's imbued by a place. Uh, the warm fuzzies. That's it. That's it. It's, war it's warm fuzzies. That was a literal translation. Uh, literal sure. translation of warm fuzzies. And so they they, uh, they use that term to describe uh, their beer halls, right? Um, uh, brew houses, you know, places where they would go to, to have drinks and relax as sure. a group. And so I wanted to really capture that vibe and create that here. Um, make it feel like a really accessible place that you guys would want to hang out, anybody would want to hang out uh, extensively. So that's the idea. To answer that question, directly uh, I'm open to the idea but I would much prefer people like be interested in spending a little bit of money hopefully on sure. you know some food and drink to go with their experience all I'm saying is they, they let me play X-Wing with this beautiful thing they put in front of me <laughs> right. and craft beer right I'm in exactly. yeah. I mean I don't think it's a lot to ask so. we sometimes cover or talk about tabletop games or we'll live stream uh, like a review of tabletop games when sure. we're doing them and uh, Getting like the only thing that could possibly make a tabletop game experience better is putting beverages and food <laughs> in front of you. It, it might just be a brilliant way to cinch people into sitting down and staying for a lot longer than they intended to. So thank you. And uh, yeah. uh, I'm sure we'll be in here uh, slinging dice at something. That'd be awesome. Yeah, we had a, a crew playing a D and D adventure a couple nights ago. Actually, they loved it. So we built that king's table up front, which is two big slabs oh, yeah. of black walnut that are smashed together and big. Uh, branches of a black walnut tree supporting it. I mean, that, that was crafted by a local artisan who did a fantastic job. Uh, Dave Mulgrew at uh, Barnwood Studios over in Crystal Lake, he did an awesome, awesome job on that table for us. Cool. Um, anyway, uh, that the idea of a place you can sit and spread out and relax, we're creating that with the King's Table, we're creating that with the vibe that we have here. It's all about that all around, so, cool. Um, and uh, last question, um, how do you plan on staying relevant in order to compete with similar restaurants? So do you guys have like competition, I guess, so to speak, that, that, mm -hmm. um, that you're sort of kind of feel like you're may maybe like going up against it all? And well, whether, whether you do or not, like how do you, do you have any sort of like long-term plan on like sure. staying relevant, I guess? Yeah, so I think for me, it's more about like, 
we're not hanging our hat on the arcade. Like the Hall of Games is really cool and it's an important part of our concept. I'm not saying it's ever going to go away, but I, we're not putting all our eggs in that basket, right? We've got the tabletop games. Like I said, we've got that cool sort of thematic and vibe that we're trying to yeah. in culture here, and I think that's uh, for me that's going to carry us forward and through uh, beyond just kind of the. People are saying like, oh, the barcades, it's a one-trick pony and like it's gonna die off here in a couple of years. And I mean, I don't know. Like I feel if you're, if you're true to yourself and you really make it more than just like, hey, we're a bar and oh, there's some arcade games. If you're really like what we're doing, we're, we're, we're really into it, we're very passionate yeah. about it. I feel like that, um, that truth and sincerity is gonna carry us through and help us weather whatever storm may lay ahead with respect to the, the barcade theme or yeah, whatever. For, for, yeah, for, for listeners that haven't come up here yet, uh, just to, to be very clear, this is not like um, there's some wood on the wall and like a rubber dragon hanging on the wall. <laughs> and uh, and then, then there's a room with some arcades. Like the, uh, if you haven't gotten the, if it's not very clear by now, the, uh, the, the, the effort that has gone into the theme and the feel of this place is very evident. From the second you walk in the door and you look up and you see the stained glass window that you clearly had made for you with like tokens, you know, with TNT in it. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, this is, um, this is, you know, the uh, the feel of the place is not an afterthought by any means. Thank you. Um, but, uh, you know, even that, even with that being said, I mean, a lot of people say that, you know, when you open a restaurant, you should basically plan on not making money for the first year. Right. I mean, so, you know, you guys, do you guys, I mean, it's hard, it's, this is a hard question to answer considering you've been open literally a week. Right. But I mean, like, do you, <laughs> I mean, do you? I guess why this place? Like, you know, yeah. you 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 had an idea picked out, and you knew that you wanted to do this thing. Why yeah. here in Mount Prospect? Was there market research? Like, like yeah. why here? There's a ton of market research. Okay. So I, I pulled a lot of demographics, and what I was finding is like our sweet spot was like 25 to 45 year old males generally, who had uh, the older ones have a sense of nostalgia toward the arcades they remember in their youth, and the younger ones are kind of seeing this arcade bar trend popping up and think it's really cool and fun. Mm -hmm. um, as they age up um, and we get out to the suburbs, we have kids and families, it's hard to get into the city. And and lately, uh, the trend has really been like the arcade bars are focused in urban markets, so there's not a lot of suburban activity. But I, what I was finding is like, some of the suburbs are so sprawled that um, there's no, hmm, what am, how do I want to describe it? Uh, a co-experience, right? So like we have a cooperative experience, I would say, that um, cohabitates with all the other businesses that are around here. I liked Mount Prospect because there's a pretty significant population density within a 10 mile radius compared to a lot of other suburbs, so it's not as sprawled. You have a very compressed downtown area. Um, so there's a lot of very walkable businesses all around here. And then they are, um, I would say, uh, Simpatico and very much aligned kind of with our thematic and target audience. Well, you've got one of the most popular tabletop stores like right across the street here. So yeah, yeah definitely. It's, it's which, one of the longest. Which was my first time in there, but uh, yeah. The, yeah, these guys are very much aware of it. So, I'm yeah. glad you guys went to Games Quest. Oh, it's great. It's a very cool place and they're great people over there. Yeah, um, I've been a shopper there for well over a decade, man. Absolutely. I love that store. They're great. No, I'm with you, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I used to go to Games Plus when I was younger and I bought Dungeons and Dragons modules there. I bought Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah, yeah, totally. All that stuff. I mean, I stopped playing Magic when Ice Age came out, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and I mean, I used to I used to play Magic back in the day, and I used to buy a lot of stuff there. And I just loved that, you know, they were really knowledgeable, and they would always help talk me through kind of whatever questions I had. Um, but anyway, so I had kind of fond recollections of my prospect going to Games Plus when I was younger, um, and then I used to go to a place called Moondog Comics, which was in uh, Ranhurst Mall, and across from Moondog was uh, an arcade. And so I had fun memories of like going to that arcade and going to Moondog, and uh, 
gentleman, uh, Jim, and his last name is escaping me at the moment, but he owns Comics Revolution, which is right over here, and he actually bought Moondog and then relocated from Ranhurst over to the Strip. So he's literally a block away over here, walking distance. I got Games Plus right across the street. We've got Capinary's Ice Cream, which is like a block away that way. And uh, all these cool businesses, small businesses like us, we've got Central Continental Bakery over this way across the street. They are... Um, they are an amazing local bakery. It does great products. So if any of you guys had one of our burgers on the pretzel roll, um, that actually uh, is from Central Continental Bakery nice. across the street. So it's super fresh. Like we get, I love it because we can get super fresh stuff. And then Boston Fish Market makes a lot of uh, the fish actually that we serve on our menu. And they okay. have a huge fleet of ships, as I understand it, out on the East Coast. And most of their stuff is shipped um, like almost same day or next day. So yeah. the fish we're getting is super fresh as well, which is super cool. So uh, another, uh, we had some some friends with us this evening that uh, partook in one of the fish plates, and uh, that was the first thing. Like, this is really fresh. It tastes yeah. right. You can smell it. It's fresh. Yeah, our swordfish is really really top notch. It's it's. I don't think we're overcharging for a really great piece of fish nope. um, on that one. So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's cool. And, and so for me, it was like it was the demographic fit, it was the density fit, and then it was the also really like the convenience of transportation. Right, so here across from the train tracks, if you live in the city, you can easily take the metro or the commuter rail out to us. Or if you live further out in the burbs, you can do the same thing back this way. And there's pub crawls who like hop in and out of the train all the way from oh, Crystal sure, yeah. Lake mm -hmm. over here, and they're really, really juiced about us because we're a lot different than a lot of the other pub experiences that are along the train. Mm -hmm. um, I've had, I think three different pub crawls now say that they want to stop in here over the next few months so it's gonna be pretty cool it's not Thanks. bad for only just a few days with your yeah. doors open man. yeah so. it's been crazy yeah it's, I, i'm really like i couldn't have asked for a better reception um we had an amazing weekend uh blew away all my revenue expectations by a lot um just everybody's been so supportive and, and very interested in what that's we're great, doing which man. is really cool awesome so hopefully that's a trend that continues yeah i hope so <laughs> well i certainly appreciate you taking the time to talk to us absolutely this, guys. Has, been, this has been great um i need to eat this thing that's sitting you on the should table eat here. it yeah um, we are. so before we go um so where should people go to find out more information about tokens and tankards? sure so i think the two best places are our website which is tokens and tankards all spelled out.com we just launched the website yesterday i think it's pretty great we've been working on it for a while i'm pretty proud of it um and then our facebook page is just uh, facebook.com slash tokens and tankards and our somewhat languishing Twitter is uh, tokens slash and tokens and tankards yeah. yeah and then we've got an Instagram that I think is tokens and tankards as well cool um, so yeah okay thanks so much appreciate it thanks Charlie appreciate thanks it so much man appreciate yeah, it yeah Jonathan goat great meeting you guys thanks so much thanks, appreciate it yep. thanks again cheers so yeah you know um, damn good times damn good food damn good drinks damn good games you know I, I can't see how uh, anybody doesn't win going there to pay them a visit, man. Such nice guys and uh, such hospitable hosts. That that the dragon's egg. Oh my god! I say we need to stop right here and just address that dragon's egg. <laughs> yeah. Good God! That if you don't do it, just stop in and get one and just wow. Well, the thing is, is it's the way that it all sets up. Like I, I had the burger. The burger was outstanding, mm -hmm. man. Like I, you heard during the interview, I, I talked about it to Chris, but. It, it's I've probably had 50 different real cheeseburgers in my life from around probably maybe even more I don't know and this one's in my like top 10 maybe top 12 I don't know man it's really good yep um, I highly rate the fries were really good everything was just tasted really fresh and you know the you know at the start of the interview you know John mentioned that uh, you know gastrocade is is sort of is sort of a new word and it's you know they, they, they talked in the interview about how they came up with it and everything and you know just just to reemphasize that fact you know the 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 emphasis and the importance that they put on all three 
elements the video games the beer and the food and mm-hmm. and the ambiance on top of it i mean it's i mean you you absolutely have to go check this place out is um i i can't say i mean if I had to stretch and find a criticism, it would only be that I found the selection of games to be a little lacking. Um, I there, there are some just the um, like the variety and just like you know, but but I'm not an old school arcade guy, so maybe I'm the wrong person to make that decision. Um, you know, to make to just sure. to just to, to to have an opinion on that. Sure. But like I just. Just for me being me, you know, it's the uh, the games that they had to offer there. Th- there were some great ones, but th- on half of the games, I just looked at and I was just like, meh. But sure, that, but sure. that's me, you know. That's sure. you know. No, there's def- they've definitely got a good classic arcade lineup. You know, a lot of people. What's the interesting about it is 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 you. What I did like about it is you normally walk into an arcade section and expect to see extremely like almost overly typical titles in there and they have things that cater specifically to to like niche arcade gamers who would know only what specific things are as vince talked about during the interview which is kind of cool um you know and he said they're going to be rotating games out which is never a bad thing the only possible uh you know constructive criticism i could offer is maybe one or two more fighting games because i love mortal kombat too but just love fighting games man so Um, what's a Old English medieval style fighting game. What would they put? Honestly, in Honestly, the the, uh, the Soul Edge, the first, the very first oh, Soul yeah, Edge sure, has yeah. kind of like a little bit of that vibe to it. Yeah, at least um, it has swords and yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, no, but it was a great time, man. Like I, I had a I had a blast, you know. And to give you guys at home listening, because we've covered a couple of different, you know, sort of arcade barcade, um, you know, restaurants in, in Chicagoland on the show. This is not like. Level 257, where it's this big, massive spectacle. This is not just an arcade, like a standalone arcade like Galloping Ghost. This is a mixture of a lot of different things that you like in a very homey space, man. Yep. Like, this is this is, this is is a, a the arcade equivalent of Cheers. You go there and you drink with your friends every weekend, a couple times a week, and it's a hangout if it's close enough for you, man. It's really neat. Yep. Yeah. Goat, any uh, thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, I, I just, I, I'm He's just thinking about <clears throat> that dragon's egg. Yeah, that dragon's egg and the fact that Cheers is spot on. Like, I, I could see myself becoming Norm in that building. Yeah. Just walking in and be like, Every bar uh, needs a Norm. <laughs> this is where I belong every Friday, Saturday. <laughs> yeah. So once again, we want to take uh, a second to say thank you to Vince and Chris for taking time out of their really busy schedules to sit down and, uh, and talk shop with us. Uh, and also to, to thank them for their hospitality. We had a great time and we will be back soon to put dragon eggs in all of our faces. Yes. And uh, don't take anything we've said, like, just for our word for it. Go check out the place for yourself. Yeah, it's you great. You will not be disappointed. Hell, next time we go out there, we'll throw it up on uh, social media. You guys can come out and drink and play games with us. Absolutely. All right, so uh, for our mailbag question this week, um, well, go listen to the feature because the majority of the questions were there. <laughs> but, uh, but Songbird also asked two more questions. So, gentlemen... Um, uh, so yesterday happened to be Pokemon's 20th anniversary. Um, your Yay. thoughts of its past or future? So, Goat, you're by far the biggest Pokemon fan in the room. Yes, where, I would be the Poke expert. There, there you go. Um, where do you see Pokemon? How, do you, okay, so first, pass. Do you, do you think Pokemon could have done anything better in the last 20 years? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very concise answer. It is probably the best RPG of the last 20 years, flat out. Just... It isn't broken. It doesn't need to be. I mean, that is a bold yeah. statement. It's a huge sir. statement, but like I've played nine generations of it. Like they're doing something right. Is it really nine? I think so. Yeah. Wow. 
Um, I mean, so like, like that. it's up there. It's been 1996 to 2016, yeah. and I, we're still and we're still excited about Sun and Moon coming out. Yep, yep. So yeah, that's. I think it's, it's damn not fine. nothing, man. It's definitely beloved. That's for yeah. sure. Um, and so where do you see Pokemon going from here? Uh, literally to the moon because they just announced that. <laughs> <laughs> How about um the uh the augmented reality like wrist vert you know. Oh, Pokemon Go! Yeah, oh, I'm super excited for that. That that's going to be a whole new set of worms. That would it's going to be could be awesome, could be terrible until I get my yeah. grubby hands on it. I don't know. Yeah, we definitely don't really know enough like, about yeah. it yet to say for I sure. I mean, but, there's a lot of like Ingress is involved. So like those guys have got the the positives, but I don't know. There's the unknowns and negative. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely new territory. Yeah, so fingers yeah. crossed it goes well. Uh, but the spinoffs. If it's anything like the spinoffs, we're gonna get screwed because like Mystery Dungeon wasn't that great. Like everything they've done, Pikachu, Snap, and every all those spinoffs. So have so not been so that you're great. only really impressed with the mainline Pokemon games. Oh uh, yeah, the core games are yeah. awesome. The spinoffs are gonna happen, and like everything, they're not gonna be the as good as the original. Like sure. I, I, I I I really enjoy the fact that they've done that. Like they've like they've pulled the Mario. They can, you know, they can do whatever. Right, and it goes well, but it's. Still not, you know, again, they keep dumping these games and literally not doing much to them at all. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I know very little about Pokemon, so, uh, but based on what I do know, I pretty much, I, 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 frankly, I agree with everything you just said. I mean, like, when you look at the fandom, when you look at the, um, you know, the, the following that Pokemon has, it's hard, it's, it's hard to criticize them when they have such a massive following, you know? Well, I, they, they've done everything. I mean, they've done more than Mario has. Like, does Mario have one, two, three? Three, three, possibly four full TV series with movies accompanying them. No, no, no. But it does have Dennis Hopper playing Koopa. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that's not a not a plus. Con. That's no, a con. That's not <laughs> a plus. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing is, is that like it's it's one of those series that. Uh, like you hear people complain about things all the time, right? The only complaint I ever hear from like massive Pokemon fans is. Like the old curmudgeon they're like, yeah, I know the original 150, or, you know, and they get all crabby mm-hmm. about 151 Pokemon, but they don't, they're like, oh, but these new ones are shit. You know, like, that's the only kind of argument you ever hear Pokemon fans discuss amongst one another is, you know, the old ones versus the new ones. But that's it. Like, nobody ever complains about the series because it's a pretty solid series as this type of thing goes. Yeah. Agreed. And now, um, Songbird's uh, last question, I looked ahead on this, and it... Um, I don't. I don't really want to read this. Um, Songbird asks, uh, "If beer never did exist, how different would things be for you?" I'm going to answer first, so that that I can. I mean, really, I, things wouldn't change that much for me. The biggest change, m- most recently for me, if beer never existed, is um, Charlie's Charlie's bottle shares would be a lot less interesting. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I like beer and I've learned a tremendous amount of craft beer from being around Charlie. I knew of it and had some inkling of it before, but I've been exposed to some of the best beer I will ever have in my life, uh, just by being around Charlie and the, the wonderful craft beer friends that he keeps. So that's probably the biggest change it would be in my life. Um, but I, yeah, if, if I, if I never drank a beer again, I would press on. I know that, that, that sounds soul crushing. Charlie's looking at me. I'm about to roll a tear, but yeah, if I never drank a beer again, I would survive as long as I know how to love. John. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Here it is. (laughs) 
all, he developed Alzheimer's I, and he's weeping on the show. All in one evening. It's I would say night. it would be different. I think Charlie would be about a three to four pack a day smoker. His <laughs> anxiety level would be up. Um, yes. I, I, here's what I can tell you. Um, I would almost certainly be thinner. <laughs> well, me too. That's 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 the downside byproduct yeah. of hanging out with Charlie is the beer. Yeah, yeah. sorry about that. Um, sorry, not sorry. Um, the beer belly, I should yeah. say. Um, the uh, I would, I I would, I would start to say that I would have more money, but I'm sure I would have found something else to spend it on. So <laughs> that's that's probably that probably would have balanced itself out. Um, you would own Steel Battalion. Mm, he could borrow mine. I would own a BattleTech pod. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, it's it's like it's it's hard for it's it's hard for people who aren't into the craft beer scene to to really get it. And I don't want to sound like a, like a douchey hipster when I say that, but it's like I don't think you're gonna get out of that. Man. No, like here, let me <laughs> let me let me explain this in probably the best possible way that I can, that will save you from sounding at all douchey or hipstery in the way that Goat's saying is. You can you can get a like one of the little Totino's pizzas and eat them and it is a tasty little shitty pizza. Or you can go get a deep dish pizza, you know, at Chicago's Pizza or like I'll say Giordano's just because everyone fucking knows what that is, but it's not the best fucking pizza in Chicago. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> um, yeah, you can eat the two. They're both pizza, but one is definitely better than the other. That's really that's it. There's nothing yeah. douchey about that. It's just it's a taste of like what what are you in the mood for? You that, know, that is a good analogy. Yeah. The direction I was going to take it though is more that you don't find. I mean, I'm sure there are somewhere, but like to to the extent that you find in craft beer, you don't find entire groups of people who who socialize and center around and talk about and obsess with and are make friends over and have like. You know, meetups and everything over pizza. You don't eat enough pizza, then, Charlie. <laughs> that may be true. Um, that's oh well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah but Tum-tum. two things um, in Chicago besides beer that people will fist fight you over: hot dogs and pizza. Well, which is why we, we're all fat. <laughs> what you just explained is every bar with Bud Light. No, and, uh, well, but no, I mean, it's not the same thing. People don't go there to talk about Bud Light. Yeah. And and to bond over... People don't pay well, $200 yeah. to go to Dark Lord Days. Yes, they do. Um, exactly. Yes. That's the point. Yes. Um, you know, and so it's, you know, my, my fondness for craft beer is, is, yes, it's half about the beer and the fact that it's amazing and delicious. But um, it's it's also it's it's the community behind it and just the camaraderie and the Mm -hmm. friend the friends that I've made um, by just being a part of this 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 scene. So your life would be drastically different without beer. Um, Yes, mostly I'd be thinner. (laughs) Yeah, and Um, probably have tabletop games and (laughs) yeah, you know I'm sure that the way things work out. Basically, it's your collection. Everybody has their collection in life, and that's your 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 thing. Yeah. (laughs) But um, you know, it's uh, I just I hate it's like I hate talking about it because people who don't understand it like just say like oh this guy's an alcoholic let's him talk yeah, listen no, to how much they, he talks about beer no. they don't understand it until you put a delicious amazing uh, yeah. craft beer in their face and then they're like it's one of those weird things beer know. can taste like this That's I can't right. count the number of times I've heard people say that That's in that right. exact situation yeah. this is beer. Like just the, just the other day at work, like people were talking about dragon's milk, and they're like, "Like, what would you call that?" I'm just like, "Delicious." Well, but no, they're, just, they're like, "Would you call that a beer?" I'm just like, "Yes, yes." I mean, Why of course it you? is, but it's dark. 
It's a dark <laughs> beer. Yes. <laughs> it's a stout. stout. Oh, a stout. Like, there are just people who just do, do not understand when all they know is Budweiser and Miller and maybe Blue Moon. You know, mm. it's... Um, <laughs> Boy, <laughs> I, I, I want that person to meet you where they're like, I'm going out for fancy beer. What are you doing? Oh, I'm getting a high life. <laughs> Just understand this. If Charlie ever suggests that you get a beer or do offers it. you a beer, Just do it. he's doing it because he wants you to to be awash in joy. That's what it is. He's trying to share something with you. If Charlie shares beer with you, it's because he cares. That's it. Thank you. I appreciate mm. uh, that. It's a little bit of gloating, that. too, of his fine taste. Well, well I mean, you know. Hey, it hasn't steered me right. No, I, I mean, he definitely <laughs> cares about the beer, but I mean, he cares about your well-being because he's offering you something. He wouldn't be offering you beer if he thought it was bad. Yeah, that doesn't really pan out being the, the texture liver, but okay. <laughs> but enough about me. <laughs> On a flavor level, yeah. you see, know. See, like, you guys made this all philosophical. Like, my life would change. I would remember my 20s and touring. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, like true. from twenty one to, uh, and it was beer that, that did that, not uh, other things, not Jägermeister, uh, Jäger tours, Malart yeah. tours, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh huh. But with that, you chase your Jägermeister with beer, so you just sort of chase it with something else. You wouldn't remember shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> Anywho, uh, thank you, Songbird, very much for your questions. And no, but seriously, thank you very much for those excellent questions we got to ask the yes, folks at Tokens They all went into the interview, yep. and uh, thank you for being the, the fourth host. We desperately, desperately needed points. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's our mailbag for the week. Um, Did you just say your metabag? Mailbag. Okay, I swear to God you said metabag. Maybe I said metabag. Mailbag <laughs> for the week. Um, metabag would be cooler. <laughs> metabag would be cooler. Um, John, what do you have coming up? Um, coming up, I'm going to be doing, um, well, like three weeks from now, approximately, we're going to be doing, uh, Vista Villains is doing Mad Monster in Charlotte, North Carolina. We did this event last year. It's a shitload of fun. Um, it, we're going to be doing it again this year and probably a couple of other of their conventions if things pan out. Um, this one's going to be big though. And uh, there's going to be a bunch of CW stars there. We're going to be on the, uh, the, you know, guest list with, and, uh, Hopefully rubbing elbows with... I'm not actually going to rub their elbows. I don't want to get thrown in jail for touching people <laughs> that uh, have very uh, angry lawyers. So uh, that's it. You know, that's that's all I got coming up right now. A, a whole bunch of V's for shit for later, but we're not close enough to go into all that just yet. Mr. Goat. Uh, not, nothing really big and exciting to report. Uh, got preliminary mixes back, or one of the preliminary mixes back from uh, the album. And holy fuck. Fuck, if you guys hear what I hear, this thing's huge. It's fucking right massive. Right on. <laughs> so, super excited for that. We're almost to the end of this fucking nightmare they call putting out an album. Uh, Who's doing that mix for you, Goat? Oh, uh, God, what the hell's his name? Uh, you might know him. Uh, Mr. Flatulator? No, no, that guy wasn't available. Uh, it was Mr. <laughs> oh, Irritator? No. <laughs> no, it's actually Mr. Agitator from VS for Villains. Yes. Nick Santiago, the other Santiago brother, uh, is... is being gracious enough to do, uh, uh, like I said, a monstrous mix for us. So thank you, sir. Um, hopefully soon that will be in your grubby little hands listening world. Charlie, how's Ponytown? Uh, Ponytastic. Um, Winnie City, Winnie City, Winnie City. That is where my head is right now. And trying to peel off just enough to be able to take care of poor MLP MSP right now. I'm trying to get some help on social media, guys. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, the... Um, as of when this episode comes out on March 1st, um, it will be exactly one month away from opening ceremonies. 
and um, just saying that right now is giving me hives. Um, uh, <laughs> wow, that just brought my anxiety up a notch. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. Um, I have, I mean, the, the ex- one of the most exciting aspects of this for me is the fact that I have basically managed to wrangle every single one of my good and best friends into working this con for me, with me. It'll be an interesting weekend. <laughs> uh, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, April 4th, uh, he'll be taking applications for new best friends. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe. Um, it is, uh, it, it's currently looking good. Um, Schedule-wise, as far as being able to fit us in, the Gamerhead will be recording live um, at Winnie City on uh, Friday night, um, and so that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. But um, well, that's news to us. No, it isn't. Really? Yeah, I gotta pay attention more. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, um, aside from that, um, yeah, just 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 prep, 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 and um, yeah, we are not done with guest announcements. Um, you know, and uh, so even after adding uh, the wonderful Jen Blake, um, we have more to come, and um, uh, those announcements should be coming out hopefully very, very, very soon. Just waiting for some um, I's to be dotted and T's to be crossed. But uh, but yeah, would you say they'll be with, uh, less than four weeks from now? Here's hoping. <laughs> mm. There might be some last minute changes, but um, but uh, for the better, um, we will not be losing any more guests. Knock on wood. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. So so that that is entirely where my head is right now. Um, basically every day, just working on progress for that. Um, very very excited, you know, to be able to do do this with my friends. Very excited for the staff that I've got going. Um, some wonderful wonderful people, and uh, but yeah, it's gonna be a great time. So WinnieCity.com if you are at all interested in anything that uh, I have just talked about. Um, not long time listeners will remember. This is when we get into. Uh, I think we're at DefCon Six for Charlie for for Con. <laughs> um, no, we're we're he'll, we're. I get frazzled more as every week. He'll get a little bit more frazzled and frazzled. <laughs> um, probably yes. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. Hey, positive for Witty City. We're gonna be doing a live episode, so no chipmunks this con. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Um. Yeah, because it's either that or we skip an episode because you guys are gonna be there too. <laughs> so, uh, but, right. uh, but yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, so that's that's what we all have coming up. So for next week's show, um, with the HD remaster on the Wii U of uh, Twilight Princess just having come out as of when we will be recording next, um, we are going to talk Zelda games. Um, we're gonna you know go over our history with playing them and which ones we liked and what we didn't like and uh, just. Uh, anecdotes and just just a good old roundtable Zelda discussion. And um, so our mailbag question to you is going to be which of all the Zelda games has been your favorite and why? Simple and straight. Um, let us know what you think. And um, yeah, uh, looking forward to um, hearing some uh, of your Zelda stories. Um, with all that being said, um, if you like what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I'm at T-E-K Charlie, John is at the Fallon Flynn, and Goat is at Sir Goatsworth. Um, you can call and leave us a voicemail, which would be perfect for these Zelda stories, at 94926Gamer, or email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio.com. Or, or you can uh, download the official Gamerhead Radio app on Google Play, or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, um, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast downloader of choice. Um, thank you very much for listening. Uh, thanks again to Tokens and Tankards. And uh, this has been yet another episode. Merge. Ah, damn it. <clears throat>
Also, just a reminder to everybody, we have merchandise. If you like what you heard um, and you want to support the podcast, and this is definitely not about making us rich. This is about just uh, being able to, uh, um, uh, you know, basically give us the opportunity to make more merch. And so we have T-shirts and stickers and buttons available for sale on our website and on our Facebook page. So um, please and thank you. Um, also, Support your colors. Yes, exactly. That's right. That's right. Actually, and, support our colors on your body. That's it. <laughs> Either or. And um, also, uh, we will be closing up um, opportunities to uh, fill out the listener survey soon. If you have not already filled out the listener survey and census, please do so. And um, just to be super, super clear, um, the uh, the reason why it's called survey and census is because if you want just to basically raise your hand and say, yes, I listened to the show, um, there is an option to just say, I just want to, I'm here for the head count and that's about it. Um, and um, so, yeah, it, uh, you know, there's... It's super quick if you want it to be, or there's some more questions you can answer if you so choose, which we would appreciate. But um, any uh, any response on any, any level is appreciated. Um, yeah. With all that being said, thank you very much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Gamerhead Radio. Get the dog. It sounds like at home. Yeah. My son <laughs> screaming out in the hallway. <laughs> shutting the door. Yeah. You yelling slippery little bitch yeah. out. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Megan. Megan's the one who gets all like, like when she gets mad, she's like, I'll be like, we'll be in the car driving and I'll be like, oh fuck, I forgot that. And she's like, don't say fuck in front of the baby. I'm like, I'm sorry. And then I'll be in the bathroom brushing my teeth in the morning and I'll be I'll here and go, Luca! Little shithead. She'll say <laughs> under her breath. And I'm just like, I open the door. I'm like, don't curse at the baby. <laughs> She's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Anyways. Awesome. <clears throat>